Good evening, everybody. Blum, 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 blum. Anyways, yeah, my name is Mark. My name is Alex. And this is The, the Shot Pod. <laughs> Like, well, if we're gonna die, guess I'll have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, episode 48. Yes, episode 48, and this is part three of our Halloween special. Yes, Potch Tree, man. Potch Tree. Um, last week we did talk about music, week before we talked about all kinds of costumes and stuff. Um, this week, um, we're going to, I don't know, what's our, what's our main. What's our main Halloween focus this week? Because we're going to actually be recording on Halloween night. No, but Devil's Night. On, oh, well, no. We're gonna, we're, we're Halloween's gonna do, on the Monday, so Devil's Night is the Sunday. We'll do it on the Sunday? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. But we're going to put our Halloween special that we've recorded the week before out that night. So it'll just be fun to be recording that night. Yeah. It'll be spooky, yeah. <laughs> even though the content won't really be spooky because it'll be coming out the next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, it'll yeah. be like... Refrain from the demons in the room, but um, <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I've even just having the Halloween special that we the uh, part one that came out uh, a couple days back, uh, feels like I don't know, it feels official to me. You know what I mean? Like when the shot pod turn gets the the the, the tablecloth out, and we've got our we got our banner that's pretty much Halloween colors. It's orange and black, and we've got oh yeah, we got to turn the light, turn the yep. There we go. We there have. We go. We have our we had LED to turn, candle. Turn the LED candle lights on. Here, the flickering look. candle to go with our zombie. Usually, hand. this sits right by the hand right here. It's usually in a, in a closer spot. It's like as if as if as if he was going to control. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look at me! I'm going to control everything. <laughs> if you notice, all the volumes changing. <laughs> right? Yeah, Wednesday's coming out in. Uh, I mean Wednesday Adams. That, that <laughs> I was shows. gonna say. So uh, were they changing <laughs> when Wednesday happens? Yeah. No, when Wednesday the show Wednesday Adams is coming out in November, uh, which is kind of upsetting for. Be, it's kind it's of just stupid be, if you just think about it. Because you think of Halloween now, and it's like, oh, it's the Adams family. I'd but be, they did. I would, I would, if it was new episode every week, I'd watch it now. Yeah, and uh, they, they did uh, release a new trailer, and it shows uh, what's his name, Fred Armani as. Uh, as Fester Adams in it, and I was like, okay, it it looks really good. It looks pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah, I will admit the little girl that they've cast this Wednesday looks like she's gonna kill it. Um, they're just getting so good with casting. The little girl who played Leia in Obi Wan, like I was blown away by that how well that went. Um, like just young people in in um in in media have been really like I just remember it used to be really hard to get kids to give good performances and the movies that had kids giving good performances became very big because yeah. it was like oh we, that kid was great you know and but it was rare there was also a lot of movies with kids that sucked <laughs> that were like ah yeah it's not very Mary good. Kate and Ashley <laughs> right there was a whole franchise of, of of bad acting being acceptable because they were just child yeah. stars or whatever the situation was but yeah I'm not seeing that the little girl that they cast it kind of reminds me of um Julie Garner, the girl that was in Ozark that played Ruth. Yeah. Um, like she was like 
15 when she got cast in the first season or something. She was super young too. And I mean, she just owned that role. I mean, she made, she, her and Jason Bateman are the show. Yeah. I guess Laura Linney contributes too in her, with her character, but I'm, uh, everybody's invested in Oh yeah, Ruth. literally everybody in that show made you feel how you were supposed to feel. If you were supposed to hate somebody, yeah. you're like, oh, I fucking hate that Laura guy. Linney was so good at that though. Cause I remember the first few seasons you hate her because she cheated on Jason Bateman, right? So you're like, ah, you slut, damn it. What are you doing? Jason was such a good guy. Yeah. And, uh, they get they really put pit you against her and then you know when her bipolar brother comes in and she's like helping with the cartel money and taking care of him and everything you're like then you're then you're on then you're with her yeah. you know like they, yeah they did do a fantastic job of that but the people that drew you in to to be there waiting to watch i think were were Ruth and and Bateman's character whatever the yeah. hell his name was Marty I mean, I mean when you think of uh Bateman's character Marty Marty, he just got he just got screwed over from the beginning, right? I, like it was his business partner yeah. that got that him initial scene into. when they're capping the guys in the head in the parking lot or in the the yard, yeah. the construction yard, right? And they're putting them in barrels, and Jason Bateman's watching him put his friends in barrels. Like I, I that scene for me. Fucking Jesus, it was terrifying. <laughs> like, I was there. Like, in my eye, and I think Bateman might have directed that episode, if I'm not correct. Um, I believe so. But ba I, just that episode built so much... Like and then he starts. He's just like, I have a, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. We're gonna go to the Ozarks and we're gonna, I want to smuggle the money through, 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 through the, through the tourism, through the tourism. We're gonna do through the tourism. We're gonna go. We're gonna do. And he just starts spewing numbers out. And I was like, that's me. Like, like if I, if, 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 if my friends were being put in barrels, I'd be like, I'd come up with something. I'm very, you know what I mean. Some people are just resourceful like that. Yeah. Like, you can't kill me. Why? Because I know where it's buried. Where what's buried? I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> nah. But I know where it's buried. I know where it's. Buried. That's actually really funny. That's funny you say that. That's, that's basically what he did yeah. in that moment. And I just, I feel, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of annoying and mouthy, so I'd probably get the cap in the head first, but maybe if I could keep them from doing that, you know, they'd be, I could convince them. You're that. not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You just watched me do it to your friends. You're not going to do it. You need, why do I Boom! need you? <laughs> right? I might be that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, but I just, I think in that type of situation, if you're like literally watching your friends get put into barrels because of, you know, you, because, and it's because you know, like he knows that he's doing illegal shit. But he doesn't know is that his one buddy was skimming, right? Yeah. And but they but the boys don't know that. They don't know that he wasn't skimming. Yeah. So, anyways, the whole situation, that scene was genius to me. And it was one of the first scenes that made me go, I need to watch this show to through to its end, right? Because you were always waiting for that type of scene to happen again. And it did. It happened a number of times. Now, you've already said her name a bunch of times. But I've already forgotten it. <laughs> Laura Linney, the girl who played no, no, the wife. No, no, no. Julie Garner. Uh, yeah, the Julie one who Garner. Ruth. Ruth. Yes. Ruth, okay. Yes. So Ruth. Now, just to Halloweenize this conversation, if you want to be Ruth for Halloween, just go boil a cup of noodles. Right. And then put and it then, on your head. And put it on your head. Boom. And, and, done. And walk around with the shotgun. Get yeah. a shotgun going. Walk around with the shotgun saying, You don't give a shit about fuck. And right I there. I don't give a shit about fuck. And listen to like the best <laughs> 90s gangster rap that ever existed. Yeah. Right. And it feels Boom. good to be a gangster. You know? It was a good day. I didn't have to bust out my AK. <laughs> right? Oh, there's the C. There's the cease and desist from Ice Cube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also, um, 
I was watching a, a movie called Den of Thieves with O'Shea Jackson Jr. in it again, the guy who Ice Cube's kid that was in yeah. Obi Wan that was also uh, played young Ice Cube in the NWA movie. And holy fuck, that movie's good. I would recommend anybody go check that out. I know it's not really Halloweeny, but it's a good movie. It's got a real. <laughs> it's one of those not very often these days because movies are are have been done you know so well so much. Gerard Butler is so, in that too, right? I believe so. I think yeah. I could be. It's Fifty Cent that's in it. Fifty cents in it with him, Curtis Jackson, and fuck, I could picture the guy, but I don't know. Anyways, it's called Den of Thieves. <laughs> it's, right. it's a good movie. Um, twist. What I was trying to say is that there's so many movies, you know, and I think that the the '90s was the twist movie peak or pinnacle. I think that yeah. was when it got. You know, there was, they started in the 70s. There was some cool ones in the 80s. By the 90s, it was like, they were all, it was like every movie had to be like, the bad guy's the good guy? What? Yeah. Or he's a clone? There's always something. Like, every movie had to have, and some of them were great, like The Island yeah. with Scar Joe and our boy Ewan, Obi-Wan. Obi. Um, but then other twist ending movies didn't get the same reception, like The Village, <laughs> <laughs> where people were like, that's stupid even though i love that movie it's one of my favorite movies of all time i remember being in the theater and they cut to the scene where you see the jeep and i stood up and i was like i've told this story before on the air but i yeah. stood up and yelled it's modern times what the <laughs> fuck and people were like sit down this was in like 98 yeah. whenever it came out or 2002 so anyways um i like that this movie had a twist ending like yeah. i didn't see the ending coming You're like oh fuck and so that's that's a hard thing to do i think so, these days M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. He's got uh, two movies upcoming, and uh, one's for a 2023 release, and there's a trailer out for it, and I don't know what 2024 is yet. But in 2023, he's got a movie coming out called Knock at the Cabin, and it's- uh, Knock at the Cabin. It yeah. sounds like a, a skit you wrote. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, but there's, uh, there's, there's two men um, who, I guess, are married to each other, and they've adopted a daughter, and, uh, and out of the woods comes Batista- <laughs> and, as well as as well as a, a couple of the characters and they're they're carrying weapons and Batista explains to the little girl saying like I'm sorry for what, for what I have to do to your family but if I don't do it the world will end and so and so like they're trying to break into the cabin to kill everybody this girl's family maybe yeah. they came back in time and that guy invents like whatever destroys the world or something and they're time travelers yeah maybe that's my immediate m night Shyamalan ending call they came from the future to kill these people because they create the end of the world yeah maybe yeah, yeah i don't know that yeah. i'm just trying to what's m night Shyamalan have a habit habit coming up with now right the man who brought you unbreakable the man that brought you uh the sixth sense the man that brought you signs. The man that brought you the last Airbender. <sighs> Lady in the Lake. Uh, Lady in the Water. Lady oh, in the Water. water. Yes. Very, very fucking good movie. God, I love that one. That one's one of my favorites. Lady um, in the Lake is the actually the King Arthur Excalibur story. <laughs> and you can also um, uh, mix that movie up with Shape of Water, which was the Guillermo del Toro yeah. Oscar winning movie about having sex with fish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? So, um, did, did you ever end up watching uh, scary stories yet on no. Amazon Prime? No, I have not. I've been just too into the shit that I'm watching. Like, I'm sorry, dude. I hate to say this, but Handmaid's Tale like has got me <laughs> just hooked. Yeah, you know. And I mean, it's I know it's Halloweeny. Like, it's a dark show. So this season, I watched them drown a 14 year old girl and her boyfriend. I watched them um, cut off a couple girls' fingers. Uh, cut, cut off another girl's clit. 
Uh, like it's insane. It's a nuts fucking show. So it's it's pretty fucking spooky to me. Yeah. It's a lot of rape too. Not a big fan of rape. So there's it's a, really it gets really rapey in different scenes. Speaking so of rape, it's a I'll scary fucking shit show to watch. Yeah. For me, it's my spooktacular Halloween way to, to say spooky is yeah. to watch Handmaid's because it's dark, bro. It is dark. But um, it, much the way, the way I love Star Wars, it's uh. You know, the odds are so stacked against us. How is there any hope? How do these little handmade bitches have any motherfucking hope? And then the show's about that little, 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 help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, right? It's literally like that. And it starts, uh, the reason I love Star Wars is the same reason I love this show. is because it's just the little guy. It's like me against everybody. And I will come out on top or die trying. Damn it. And I love it. So yeah, it's, I love the show so far. My, my girlfriend and mom are like, (laughs) they're just laughing at me, right? Because they're watching the new season. So whenever I'm like, oh, I just saw the season two finale and I'm starting season three. It was crazy what they did when this happened. And they're like, they're just like, you don't even fucking know. This is one of those shows. So just to go on about it a little bit, uh, The Handmaid's Tale came out in the 80s. It's a book written by Margaret Atwood, Canadian author. It's an amazing fucking, amazing book. I read it in school. But the book ends roughly at the end of season one. At the end of season one, maybe halfway through season two. They they take parts of the book that they might not have gotten to and bring them into season two. Yeah. But for the most part, the writers of the show have just gone with the concept. You know, the ideas of Gilead, which is what the States is after it gets overthrown. The United States is all on the West Coast and Gilead's on the East Coast and then all there's nuclear just destruction in the center. And what Gilead does is if you're a bad person, they send you to the nuclear area called the colonies and it's your job to go basically, they literally, it's your job to die. You go yeah. out and you turn the soil over until the you get enough radioactivity in you that you, you die of natural causes. It's a really nice way to go. Did you? Okay. So I just think it's so. What they've done is they've taken those types of concepts of the book. That's all there, and then they just kind of run with it, and they're 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 going. And I think that's scary because you know you never uh, the author you know you never really know what they had in mind. Like just, you, how do you kind of like with the Rings of Power? They're like, do you have an idea of what J.R.R. was going for? You know what I mean? <laughs> because Peter Jackson did, and you didn't even ask him. Yeah. So it's it's so it's scary to go outside the box, right? To say, yeah. okay, we're going to write a show a thousand years before J.R.R. Tolkien's universe. Well, it's kind of like uh, the Game of Thrones thing, too. So, yes. Like the Game of Thrones, uh, uh, George... Which is called... Um, I can't even fucking think <laughs> of the name right now. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the, but uh, George R.R. R. Martin had only written so far... Dragon. Was, something about a dragon. Uh, yeah. House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. There yeah. we go. So... Uh, so yeah, George R. R. Martin had only written so far before D.B. Weiss and the TV producer just continued to to write it from there. And so, then from there, because it was such a smashing success, they're like, okay, well, we're going to write a prequel story. Yeah. And like, this is way beyond George R. R. Martin's scope of where he was going to go with the book. So they've already <laughs> gone past his idea of things with the show itself. Yeah. Now they're just like, all right, yeah, let's so dive now, deeper. But yeah, but... Uh, Harris the Dragon there is is already doing well. Like it's is it? Yeah, people like it. Yeah, it's not getting the mad flack that Rings of Power is getting or anything else. That no, I, I mean, hope Wednesday gets good reviews and it's as good as we're hoping for because yeah. well, I do I think love we're Tim do- Burton. So let's see how it, Tim Burton represents. It, they didn't talk to Peter Jackson for Rings of Power, so I I feel like if they'd done a Wednesday show with no 
you know, nobody like Guillermo or 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 Burton or yeah. anybody connected to it, you know, that knows horror or knows that stuff. Even Rob Zombie doing a Wednesday show. I mean, it would be a little bit different, but it, I'd fucking watch that. Yeah. So I'm, I am interested to see it just because Burton's attached to it. But that you have, I think what these studios need to realize is you have to attach these names to it or people are going to shit on it. Look, the Game of Thrones thing is written by the same people that, that took the show past its R.R. Uh, R. Martin part like yeah. it's the same so the same writers that finished the series are writing the prequel yeah so that's not the case with rings of power so <laughs> you know what i mean so that's why it's getting it's getting yeah. a lot of flack because it's like you didn't even ask him so so i i feel like i have to explain something because when <laughs> when you were saying something about the handmaid's tale being kind of rapey and i was like oh, actually i have more on rape rape and and it's like but to leave it at that i'm like that's it's a bad a, a ticking time bomb. That uh, <laughs> yeah. So I want so I want to go into that. And uh, so one thing that is very Halloweeny that I want to talk about is uh, my favorite book, and I think I've mentioned it before, was uh, called In a Dark Place, and it was about uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren's uh, case uh, of the haunting in Connecticut, and they made a movie about it, the haunting in Connecticut, but it was nothing like the book. And the reason why I was like, Oh, the, the rapey thing. And I'll get to that. So in the movie, they obviously aren't going to show this part, but in the book, there is uh, a person in this Snedeker family who's, who's being haunted by. So, okay, let me explain. So this movie moves into, or this family moves into an old funeral home. Okay. That has just been... Uh, Reminds me of you working in the funeral home. Yeah. It, it's been rebuilt into a house, but it was a funeral home. And uh, and they, this family had to move there for cancer treatment for a specific type of cancer that uh, the son in this family had. Got you. So the son in this family, he had to go for constant treatment. So they moved to uh, this house in Connecticut, and it was just it was super cheap. Well, why was it super cheap? Well, because it's fucking super duper haunted because it used to be a funeral home. So anyways, in there, because it used to be a funeral home, it's not just like one ghost. Like, it's a shit ton of ghosts. Yeah, there's like a that part. Are fucking They've got four ghosts in the break room smoking and do cigarettes and they'll be like hey Tony it's your time Tony gets up walks away punches in and he's like yeah. I'll be back I'm gonna go haunt these motherfuckers and then, and I'll then see like, in an hour this family's moving in and then every fucking ghost there is all celebrate good times come on welcome <laughs> yeah. so anyways uh, the the child who's suffering from cancer he has this weird he's 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 got this weird kind of vision as he enters the house and like he can almost see everything for what it is in the house. He can almost see the ghosts and all that shit. And that's what this in a dark place is. He ends up going into a dark place where it's essentially just him literally in this dark place and these spirits as the spirits are trying to take over his body. So anyways, in this story, there is a, there is a part in the book where it talks about um, the daughter of the family who's, feeling a little molested from these spirits like it, it, she in the book it described her sensation as she felt like she had like a razor blade just run across her tit like her bare <laughs> how breast. old how old is the kid uh like late teens like it's an older sister oh it's like a 17 or yeah. s okay yeah, yeah so pure horror movie like gold yeah. gold yeah. Okay. So, so, and that's why I wanted to explain because I didn't just want to say, "Hey, I've got more on rape." No, it, it's, <laughs> uh, it's. 
obviously a, a horrible, terrible thing, but, uh, but I didn't, I didn't want to leave it at that, but you were like, Oh, this show's getting rapey. I'm like, I have something to say. And I don't, I don't like the rapey parts, but it's like, you know, it's just fucking some fact of life. Bad shit happens to good people every day. So, yeah. you know, it shows up. There's a way to do it. Like to, and when I say do it, I mean, uh, present it in media tastefully, you know, um, boys don't cry. You know, that was, that was brutal. I couldn't get through that scene. Um, what other movies? Yeah, there's a, the I mean, well, it's, I mean, okay. It's so not, hang on. The last house on the left, the yeah. original, that's the, for, to, for me, that's too much. It's not necessary. Well, it was like do, a, it was like I, a 25 minute scene where they, where this girl gets right with no music where this girl, this little fucking like 16 year old girl yeah. gets raped brutally in the woods while her best friend gets stabbed and bleeds out and dies while getting raped by buddy by the other guy it's it's brutal it's one of the most was that are you sure that's last house on the left and out i spit on your grave i spit on your grave was was that what i'm thinking was, of i think so because that's, that's the, the, the one rape in the in the in i the thought the i forest. spit on your grave was the one where it happened in her apartment Anyways, no, 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 no. That's no. the last house. That's uh, because, the last house on the because left. Because the, the parents try to go to battle with these people yeah. that broke in. What's the one where at the end they end up microwaving the guy's head to get him back? Was that I, I think spit that, on your grave? No, 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 no. That's I spit on your grave was all in a forest, and the girl that got raped is, like, out for revenge. And she, like, holy shit, fucks them up for... I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of. Well, there because are, there the like gr- she doesn't get any there. fucking revenge. She ends up swimming. She's a swimmer. The girl that gets in that this happens to in the woods. So she ends up because her friend gets stabbed. She after they're done with her manages to like get her shit together enough that she can get up and run away. And she jumps off of a, like a cliff into a lake and then swims back. To, that's how she gets away from the, the whole okay. thing because they were going to kill her. Right. I believe that's the last. That, that, that might be because maybe she makes it home. But she I makes just, it home. To, yeah, yeah, but I just remember her parents fucking up. And her dad finds her and she's just like passed out in the living room. Yeah, and okay. he figures out that yeah. what happened to her. Okay, and it's the whole the scene where he figures it out because she's like all, all bleeding between her legs and shit. It's a horrible fucking. Anyways, so like that that movie unnecessary. I I don't like that one. That one I was like, this is fucking too much. This is this is like. Fucking well, I mean, I just, I, I just didn't like it. I was like, this is, I don't, I don't know, I couldn't imagine making this. Well, you, All right, cut. No, no, you're not sad enough while he's doing it. Can we, can we do it? Like, I just couldn't imagine being on a set and and old because it was a huge scene. It was a yeah. big long scene. I just couldn't imagine being a part of it. Like, could you a imagine giant, being the guy cast to, to do, do it? it? Like, like you look like fuck? a piece of shit that would hurt a woman. Yeah. Can you come and be in this movie? Yeah, okay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, wait, but, but not, the, the thing with me would be is like, if you're an actor and you're that dude, like, I don't know how you, like, you, you're not doing it, but you're acting like you're doing it all day for like nine hours. And then you go home and be like, man, how do I live with myself? I spent all day pretending I mean, to rape the, someone. The, the people, what a fucked yeah. up thing. What a fucked up thing. The, the, the people that would be cast in that would have to be the kind of people that are cast, typecast as a villain always. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody that's not met, that's not like, yeah. I want to be a Disney. Because you're not going to have like a fucking superhero movie the I next time. I want to be a Disney. Disney oh, prince. that's the guy that raped that person. I want to be the next Disney like prince. You can't. Yeah, I want to marry Ariel in the new <laughs> Ariel movie. I want to be Prince Prince Eric, but I also want to rape this girl in this other movie. Yeah, so it's got to be a typecast for hey, sure. Isn't that the guy that raped the girl? And now he's a prince. Like, yeah. yeah, that's not yeah, how it like works. Di- like the audition process, and Disney's like, so uh, what? Could you have a reel for us? Yeah, I got a reel. <laughs> Here's yeah. my reel. We were considering you until we saw, saw your this. Reel. And, uh, saw your reel. It's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm. That's just how good of an actor I am. Yeah, we can't do that. I do, man. <laughs> 
And then he just looks at them and goes, I method act. <laughs> this got dark. Okay, yeah, you just, you just took it to the abyss. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know how... You like I did that when I when I saw that movie I I literally was like how did you, how do you be part of the production on this yeah. you know like I just it would just bother me it would just be really weird and I didn't like watching it I didn't enjoy it at all I fast forwarded through a good part of it like literally was yeah. like when this is over I'll watch um but then there, like, so my point is I think there are ways to do it distastefully where it's not cool and it and then there are ways to I mean do you it. could do it where it's like it just happens it does you don't show it and then like you That's just have I like mean, the, the person there's the next also, but time, then like, there's there's there are taste ways to do it and I'll be honest Handmaids has kind of got it down like those obviously those scenes are uncomfortable and weird but they do it properly they do it in a way where it happens it's not long it's not weird <coughs> and it's discussed later and th and then there's other scenes where the girls are talking about it amongst themselves and it destigmatizes it yeah if that's the word excuse me I'm looking for so the thing they do a great job they do a great job of, of just I don't know it's just an interesting way to do it and I think that uh you know there's got to be obviously there's people in the world that have had it happen to them, and if you see a show or you see a piece of media where this is this is a factor, or this is happening, it might kind of bug you a little bit. And but I mean, I, but I, and my point is is that like a show like Handmaids, it would it wouldn't it would almost make you feel like okay, somebody gets it. Whereas I think if somebody that watched Last of Us on Left is like, oh, thanks for glorifying this horrible thing that happened to me. Like, thanks for turning it into entertaining horror. Like, it just the Last of Us on the Left seemed distasteful in the way they did. It wasn't horror-y. It was like almost like a weird documentary on how to rape someone in the woods. I didn't like, I didn't like that. That's yeah. fucked up to me. But like a movie where there's like dramatic music and it's obvious that this is a movie and it's not just like a one shot camera shot of this bad shit going down, which is kind of the way they shot. Last of Us on the Left had a very shaky cam. It was fucked up the way they shot that. So anyways, my point is, is that if it's, if it's, if it's a personal thing for you and you saw it done the way they do it in certain media, like Handmaids, I think it would yeah. be like, oh fuck, they did a thing. You know, that's, I feel a little better about it. It didn't bother me. I almost yeah. feel like somebody gets it. But I mean, uh, part of the, part of the stigma around it is like it's one of those issues that you have to tiptoe around it's because very tiptoe yeah but, but i mean the the weird thing is about that oh, obviously it's a sensitive issue and and you don't want to be insensitive to it because you you understand the scenario fully right uh, but i mean it it's still a shitty thing that happens you know and just like killing and there's lots of movies yeah, about that yeah and like if you have somebody die and video games yeah if there's you, not a lot of rapey video games if you not notice no. that like in video like in we could kill people in games and that's totally cool but there's no raping in games yeah they draw, like, we're drawing the line there with things that you can't morally do in real life but you can do in a fictitious well, zero I mean, in one platform i mean that that would take it even like it's beyond beyond the point because now you're literally building something frame by frame <laughs> you're like okay i'm i'm haunted hey, by this i'm stuck in this mark gets a job at ubisoft hey mark yeah so in the new assassin's creed there's gonna be rape and we need you to design the rape scene so yeah we're gonna press x to rape harder press <laughs> press zero to oh, rape nicer God. i don't know whatever yeah. the fuck you can come up with get it done dude do i, I get free therapy at the end of this <laughs> i want it on my desk on monday and i asked you to do it because you look like a rapey person right oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the guy, so, like the guy that gets cast like you yeah, said the villain yeah. type of thing so obviously <laughs> this whole this, situation sucks yeah so obviously this conversation <laughs> could be considered very controversial with us talking about it. but as we're saying like we're not we're not uh making light of it yeah we're not making light of the I'm fact discussing that discussing its existence in media yeah we're saying that I'm it is it is a legit thing it there are people that go through it media. it causes ptsd but it's it's like 
among many other travesties that humans experience. And it's weird how, like, watch the guy get his head cut off on screen, even if there's, like, a sawing motion and it's really it's really uh, graphic. Yeah. It's still not as uncomfortable as watching something like that. It's weird how there's this, you know what I mean? That line is there. There's, uh, I don't know what this is called, but there's this, uh, a, a weird fascination with shit like that. So it's the same thing as, like, when you're up on, like, the, the 15th floor of a building and you're out on the balcony and you look over and you have that voice in the back of your head saying, like, you could jump off at any time. And there, there, yeah. It's, it, there's a weird thing that, I don't know, it's like part of the brain's fascination with death. It, it, it doesn't necessarily make you a sick person. You're not going to do it. But, like, but if, you watch, if you watch somebody from ISIS fucking saw off somebody's head and you know that's real, and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. But, I mean, some people, I mean, even I, not to, not to say that I would ever do something like that, I'm saying I could stomach it. Yeah. Like, I can, I can see a it and like, okay, that fuck. wouldn't make you turn away. Um, yeah. I've seen some pretty fucked up videos. This is kind of an interesting topic of like, like just like, um, we'll call them snuff videos. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> no, for real, like videos of bad shit. Like I had a, they're on the internet a lot. And a lot of them get shared in, in just, just messenger. watch a Gigi Allen concert. That's, it's fucking I'm talking snuff. about, I saw a video of uh, Balkan country, like some poor, you know, Indian looking place with a bunch of uh, brown people standing around in like a desert, deserted, just something that looked like, you know, an old Afghanistan or Sudan or, or something like that. And they set a girl, a local girl was considered a whore or whatever. She was cheated on her husband. So they were chasing her around the town square, this group of probably 10, 10 men and women. And yeah. this woman was, I don't know, she hundred pounds, 120 pounds. She wasn't a very big girl. Um, and they're chasing her around, pushing her and throwing rocks at her and stuff. And so the video you're like, well, that's terrible. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you, why would they do that to that point? Oh, they, she's a, you know, she cheated on her husband. So the town's like disciplining her and you're like, Oh, that's pretty fucked up. And then this guy comes over and throws water on her, like just dumps a bucket of water on her. And she's standing there and you're like, well, fuck that really got her. She's all wet now. It wasn't water. Yeah. So it was gas. And then they let a match, and then you watch this girl burn. And first, See, first off, you get about twenty seconds before they run out of oxygen; and they just fall down anyway. But like, the, and I remember my buddy going like, "I was I was working at a shop, the mechanic shop, and it was like some I was a brown guy that I work with, a guy with a very thick accent. He's like." Look at this. <laughs> so I look at it, and like as soon as she drops to the ground, I'm like, "What the fuck are you showing me?" Yeah. And he's like, "You know, because guys, for some reason, I don't know. I'm not really this type of dude, but like amongst men, it's like a weird culture to send each other videos in Messenger that are fucked up. Anything from like a guy shitting out of his ass or something or getting fucked in the ass and the dick getting pulled out and just shit flying out or just something disgusting that makes you go, yeah. oh, what is, oh. or something like that. Like a person getting caught on fire or a person getting their arms sliced off or an accident happening where a person just gets crushed, oh, yeah, yeah. crushed yeah, in yeah. half by a forklift. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to send this to my buddy and just fucking ruin his well, day. Like, the longest time when like, <laughs> like two, why the fuck do men do this to each other? For the other? longest time when two girls, one cut was going around, oh, it was there, there, there was also, that something. was like the original video that started this yeah and then there was another one that started circling called the bme pain olympics and it was a guy who chopped off his own fucking cock and balls i couldn't the, the whole unit yeah was he holding it when he cut it off yeah like he put it on like a stump and he fucking like chops it and fucking saws, saws it, like, it? Fuck, yeah how could you do that i don't fuck it's the pain olympics <laughs> i don't know why that's a thing but again with you saying like oh guys have this fucked up and it's like i don't know why this fucking hit my yeah. fucking inbox what is this click yeah. oh Oh my oh, god! 
<laughs> oh my god! What is this culture we've created? What is and happening? I think two girls, one cup started it. You fucking called it, bro. <laughs> that was like, you know, years from now, hundred years from now, when people, <laughs> when people are like, do a, do up. Um, so Johnny, you're going to do your school project on the 17th well, hey. century. <laughs> Chris, you get to do your project on the 24th century. John, you do yours on the eighth century. Well, and then they get to the four fucking kid that gets to do. You know that the famous 21st. question: What came first, the chicken or the egg? I think the fair assessment would be: What came first, two girls, one cup, or blue waffle? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> like holy fuck! I can't with this. <laughs> oh, you ever see the one with the? Oh, I can't talk. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've hit our limit with yeah, what I can do. Yeah. yeah no. Scary videos for sure. Scary these videos. The one with the girl where she's blowing the she's it was a pretty famous video of this girl. She's is an Asian girl. And she deep throating this guy. She's right proper. You're like, yeah. Somebody shows you the video, you're like, look at her go. But then she fucking boom, like this and as hard as you see her wind up. You can see her in the video. <laughs> and she hits it so hard and hits it so hard that then blood comes out of her mouth because when she did it. Like blood went into her mouth through his thing, and then she pulled, takes it out of her mouth and like spits out all the blood. <laughs> oh, it was fucked up. And I saw people, I was like, people would come up to me like, I've seen it. Get away. <laughs> it was fucked up. That came out like 10 years ago. <sighs> like just this weird, viral, fucked up shit. So why? Why do we do this to ourselves? And it's, I think it's, a, ladies, if uh, this happens to you, like, if your girlfriend sends you, I don't know, weird videos of girls shooting Skittles out of their pussy or something, or I just, like, I'm just saying, because men send each other these fucking gross videos to, like, get a rise out of each other. I've had a f guy friends, like, guys who were friends, flat out stop, like, they're not friends anymore because he, he sent him a really gross video of, like, a dude taking it in the ass. That video I described where he yeah. pulls out and then he poops everywhere. <laughs> so he sent him this video, and then the guy stopped, blocked, deleted him, and stopped talking to him, and they, they weren't even in a band together anymore. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it went... <laughs> like that is like st why why and then uh, he probably got off of it. He's like ah he look he blocked it. He's so mad about that video. He won't even talk to me again. But, but now ah! like now like it went from like the very gross shit to like like Asians eating weird shit. Like yeah, have yeah. you have you seen that that girl that's eating the sea cucumber? But it's like alive. Like it looks like a fucking dick. But it's it's actually a sea. Sea, sea cucumber. cucumber. Okay. She fucking bites it, and it fucking just starts pissing at her. It's it, it's because it's alive. Like she's fucking biting into a live that sea is creature. Fucking and it's cruel. Like, Holy fuck. That's weird, man. Yeah. yeah, eating it alive. Like fuck. And we're not allowed to say that she's a horrible person and that that animal has feelings because she's Asian, right? You know, we're not allowed. You can't be racist. I mean, they they have that whole wet market, which I mean, certain people will deny that's a thing. Mainly government officials will right. deny it's a thing, and everybody else is like, no, it's a wet market. It's where you can grab like any live sea creature and fucking eat it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's apparently it wiggles around. That's apparently where the fucking bat was served. The, that the started. Bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one that escapes the lab, and somebody's like, oh shit, bat. Okay, this is next up on the menu. <laughs> because <laughs> that's how that happened right yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever explanation they've given us this week i was gonna <laughs> um couldn't see anything there for a second sorry my eyes are killing me okay. one of my favorite parts about this time of year is the ragweed and uh, shit yeah. is kind of dying so just as the allergies of september start to fade away the snotting of cold october nights takes its place so there's really just never a time where my nose doesn't run 
Yeah. So I, I want to talk about uh, Falling in Reverse. So in the summer, we were like, Falling in Reverse is the music that you have to listen to. And the reason why uh, we're bringing it up now is because they, there's some beef. Are they ever going to put that record out? Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> but they're also trying to play shows as well in other states. While like, So they're going off to play, come back, work on it, going off to play. So they're still traveling to do it. They're, they're gotcha. a working band right now. So uh, Ronnie Radke. And so I want to talk about... Music Today first, before I get into this. So Music Today, uh, quite often when you're building a performance. So Music Today, specifically in the way of uh, Ronnie Radke. So Ronnie Radke, obviously he's he's hired stage musicians and, and now he's gotten to the point where these people are, are part of his band. But he's still like essentially has the final say for everything in Falling in Reverse, including the stage performance, which involves shit on a laptop so on his laptop he can set up lighting he can set up backing tracks he can have his synth on there he can have his uh backup <laughs> screaming vote he could have anything on there right and uh and so recently he was going off to play in a music festival and his laptops were missing so he canceled the show and so okay that's fucking that's fucking stupid no, no no you should be able to perform without your laptop buddy Certain, I'm sorry. Certain songs. Most of his newer songs are 85% digital. Voices in my head, the entire thing is fucking, there's very so little guitar. you should have a keyboard player on tour with you then that plays all of it and actuates <laughs> all of it on his keyboard and doesn't need a laptop like Dream Theater or every other fucking band in the world does. Like, well, it's so easy to do. Avenged Sevenfold's a perfect example of this. Avenged Sevenfold doesn't have a keyboard player in their band. Constantly tour with one. Always have one on stage. Korn doesn't have the DJ guy in their band, but he's always there with his shit so that he can actuate all the extra noises. And he even does some stuff for the old songs that before he was in the band, all the phones got muted except my work phone. <laughs> so... The guy from Corn, like, he's there to play the old shit. And a lot of bands do this. Muse is three guys, right? Yeah. Always four on stage, because the fourth guy plays the extra keyboard parts. He plays backup guitar for Matt when he's doing stuff like Madness and other songs with double guitar parts that he doesn't want it to feel sound empty live. Okay. And he actuates backtracks and holds, you know, synth parts and basically does all the shit that the three guys in the band can't but handle with doing. that, you can also control lighting to... To set up for your show to go along. That's why you have song. a lighting guy on tour with you. See, this is the problem when you want to be everybody in your fucking whole setup. <laughs> if this is th th a proper musician with a proper band with a fucking brain in his head would have these tasks delegated. Well, no, because he wants you're spending more so money much on that. control over everything, yeah. and he wants to obviously save the money. Yeah. But this is what happens when you do that. Okay, now you can't play a show because your laptop went missing. That's I'm sorry, you're like that's that's. Pathetic. Like, I don't. I, I as disagree. As a fan, I'd be like, "You're a fucking idiot." I'm I never disagree. buying a ticket on your show again. I disagree. I because I completely understand it. If I was setting up an entire show through a fucking laptop, and I had a crew that was responsible for the laptop, and say something happens with that laptop, and my entire show is ruined, I can play older songs, but I couldn't play anything that I'm about to fucking showcase or showboat. I would always, number one, have backups, and also number two, if you have uh, a tour manager or a lighting guy or somebody in your management company that you trust with this stuff, you then, like, you know, every other band I know has so many backups for this shit, so that if shit goes, like, I've seen Dream Theater show up to a venue, and none of their equipment's there. They have a backup trailer with enough shit to get through a gig in case that happens. That's yeah. how you do it. 
obviously that costs money. Yeah. I don't think Ronnie's broke. I'm sorry. Especially considering he hires his musicians and keeps all the money and royalties from all of his music since he came back and started falling in reverse. Mm-hmm. He makes all the money. So I don't think he's hurting for cash. I think this, I remember I, I had this conversation when we were talking about the Backstreet Boys show. When we were talking about, um, Rage Against the Machine show mm-hmm. and how they were very bland and there wasn't a lot going on about how you're going to see back in the day you would see bands go out and they just go, how much can I spend? I want fireworks. I want a light show. I want video. I want everything. I want strippers on poles in cages dancing around fire above the drummer. That's Molly Crew. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I want all of it and now you're going to see bands go, how, how do we save? Can we keep the stage? Can we make all the lights LED? Can we not have any fireworks because we need pyro? T- we need pyro permits, and we have to pay a guy to monitor that. We're not doing none of that. You're, you're, you're never going to see a firework go off in a show again because of the amount of people that need to get paid to do it. And everybody's going to be looking to save a dollar, not spend a dollar and give you a good show, but save a dollar and give I think, you I think the best show they can give you for the lowest amount of money they can spend. I think you'll s- still see that with Blink, and uh, and as, especially since Blink will not compromise for money. I guarantee you they will put on an amazing show and you will see no compromise. That's you'll, You're going to see this, but not with everybody. Metallica is no. never going to change. Metallica is always going to have fire going off during Blackened. They're never going to stop paying that guy because times are tough and COVID happened. They're yeah. Metallica. Yeah. I'm not talking about Muse or Metallica or Event Sevenfold. They're always going to have fire. Or Nickelback. They're mm-hmm. never going to compromise their shows. I'm talking about Ronnie Radke. I'm talking about the Backstreet Boys because they're not the biggest thing in the world anymore. They're like a yeah. fucking indie band at this point because, you know, what I mean yeah. I'm talking about um oh, I'm trying to think of other you know um bands uh, what's MCR came yeah that was a bare bones fucking show well uh, okay. they came so, with Lincoln Park 10 years ago and it was crazy they came for that show and it was the most stripped down thing they've ever done so this so this battle that started uh happening between Eddie Trunk uh who runs the metal show on Sirius XM radio Eddie Trunk is old school didn't he used to run a bunch of shit on MTV and everything too yeah, back in the day, he's a known name in the music industry yeah, for thirty but, years. But that's that's what we're what we're kind of talking about with with the way music is today. Even with what you were just talking about there, Ronnie came out and said, "I'm sorry, I'm not about to hire thirty musicians to play the uh, the synth line for uh, voices in my head on stage." Yeah, you don't need thirty musicians. You use a patch on a keyboard that sounds like thirty musicians, like everyone else in the music <laughs> industry. Ronnie, I'm sorry, he's an idiot. This is these are stupid things to say. I'm not a professional musician, and I can already come up with solutions to this problem. Well, no, no, no. So his point is... We're, Dream we're, Theater sounds like there's 80 people on stage every night because they have a really good keyboard patch yeah. that they bought from Kurzweil for a decent amount of money, but uh-huh. it works uh-huh. so that they can bring what you hear on the album to the live performance. That's part of being a musician is being able to do that. Yeah. Ronnie's clearly failing. Well, Ronnie doesn't have a keyboardist. He needs one. Well, I think it's pretty obvious he needs to add a guy in the band, and this wouldn't be a problem. Well, I mean, maybe now, but this was never a problem up until recently. So this was like a first time. I'm like, shit, this happened. I don't so, like him. So so it started uh, this, uh, like, an argument of, uh, of tweets uh, between Eddie Trunk and uh, Ronnie So Eddie's Rackley. on my side saying, you're a bitch, and, and Ronnie's like, fuck you, I'm not hiring these. Yeah. I love it. So, like, uh, a lot of people, uh, especially Eddie Trunk, was mainly thinking, uh, referring to backing tracks for vocals, because he was like, I'm sorry, Ronnie's fake if he needs laptops to put on a show. I, I'm, and I'm with it. I'm with Eddie on it, a hundo P. No, no, no. Because he's, I'm going to be honest, the guys in his band are amazing singers and can provide all the backups he needs, and all four of them can sing. Yeah. So, just do that. You don't need your fucking laptop backup tracks. So Get when, the bass when, player so when you have a and song, the other guitar player and your keyboard player that you're about to hire to do your backups like Muse does. So when you have like a trap beat for 85% of your song, 
and then and then you have the drums come in for a different drumming sound. You're obviously going from electronic. Your to keyboard acoustic. player can actuate those samples with oh. one key that's programmed through a USB, which yeah. doesn't fail, doesn't get lost in his keyboard. Any Roland basic GX for fucking four hundred dollars will do that. Mm-hmm. So and he's got more money than that. I know he can. He's endorsed. This is what pisses me off. I'm sorry. There's no excuse. This guy's endorsed by companies. If he called Sennheiser and said, "Hey, I need this fucking effects unit, so I don't need a laptop for these effects anymore," they would literally send it to him for free. I can tell him the model to get so that everything's there and, it, and, and you don't need a laptop then. It goes into your guitar rig and you use a pedal to actuate it and it plays everything. But he's Would he not, like but me to send him the link? But he's not endorsed by anybody. He's, he's not. He, you, dude, there's no fucking way you're full of shit. Yeah. Every musician that's on a stage, his drummer, the guy, the drums he's playing, he's endorsed by them. He's given them and, and told to play whatever, Mapex or whatever it is. And then Ronnie's the same way. I'll guarantee you his microphones, he's he's endorsed by Sure, probably. Like almost everybody. And in his liner notes, he'll say they'll say the band's endorsed by this band. There's no fucking way they're not. Nobody buys their shit. That's ridiculous. Not a single band does that. What do you mean not a single band does No that? band that is signed that you know about, that you've heard their name, that has a publishing deal, okay. buys their equipment. That doesn't exist. As soon as you're signed, part of your record contract is those endorsements yeah. so that you just order your drums and they come. You tell them what sizes you want, but you've signed a contract and they'll only use that brand. But see, I think it's different with Ronnie because he's on Epitaph right? and, and usually uh, your label owns your music. But Ronnie has specifically come out to say he exclusively owns his own music. Yeah, so I'm he, surprised he doesn't so, own the label. So he would have had to, well, for for him to say he owns the masters over over the label, I mean that's good for them. That's completely different. So, yeah. but that could take away the publishing that you're talking about. I am. I need to. I, I'm going to look this up right now because this is just annoying me. <laughs> Sounds like Ronnie's a bitch. I'm with the other guy. Keep telling. The, so what else? All right. So we'll talk about the tweets that they went back and forth. So with. okay. So Ronnie's uh, referring. Uh, so he thinks Eddie Trunk thinks that Ronnie's referring to the backing tracks for vocals. He's discrediting Ronnie for playing live, saying it's not really live for needing his laptops. Well, through those laptops, you can control effects changes. You can control beat changes. You control lighting. Uh, well, and when I say the beat changes, I'm referring to tempo changes. BPM. Uh, so there are so many reasons to, to need this for, for a digital age of music. And anyone who's uh, listened to uh, the shop on uh, when we were talking about bands to listen to, we were talking about uh, Falling in Reverse. They have their Neon Zombie EP, which is coming out this year. And so Bach, Sebastian Bach got involved out of nowhere. He just, I don't know what it was. He was watching this and he literally got to the point where he said, if he sees Ronnie out in public, he'll fight him. <laughs> I have a lot there's a lot of people like so, that with Ronnie. So Bach was calling out Ronnie saying that he would never use tracks. Ronnie shared a video of Bach's drummer coming out to the track of his drums having started before he was at the kit to play. Yeah. And then he shared a tweet of Bach performing with a DJ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like like Ronnie got so petty like he went to bed one day and he woke up the next day and continued this war. Yeah, but the DJ can still play without a laptop. A good one, like that's the difference, right there. Well, he's, uh, no, 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 no. Anybody no, who knows no, anything no. about equipment knows that what the the stuff he was like, well, what about this? It's like, yeah, but that guy came prepared. You're not. Your one laptop with all your shit went, and I, I, first off, I can't believe there isn't a second one with a backup that sends everything he's programming, lights and music related to a cloud. 
right away. Well, That's I mean, the most basic it was, fucking shit. It was shit. laptops. So all his laptops. I think there were three laptops. So, okay. So like his backups gone with his main. So gone. what? So what? You take your your laptop, your backup laptop, and your backup laptop, and put them all in the same box and send them to the venue. His Is crew, that? He's saying his crew moved his shit. So the the concert, I think it was like in Illinois or something like that, and his laptops ended up in New York. And he's like, how the fuck did that happen? So he ended up getting his laptops back and playing the show that he had scheduled the next night. That's fucking hilarious to me, though, that, 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 that he got, like, all mad about it because somebody was shitting on him over it. So uh, so he shared uh, <laughs> saying, uh, so he was talking about uh, when it came down to, like, the digital versus analog shit. Ronnie tweeted out a picture of an analog saying, uh, does your drummer stare at this? To get his timing right? Does he stare at the arm swinging back and forth? <laughs> or does he have a digital click do, in his do, ear? Do, 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 do. <laughs> right? and yeah, the, but the, it's just, it's a stupid argument though, because like nobody, and I, I've had this argument with you, not argument, but we've talked about this. I told you that Blink-182 back in the day was one of the best live bands because, and, and, and they, they now play the clicks, right? Like they show up live, they have their full, their set list is set. Mm-hmm. They have clicks in Travis's ear and Travis plays. They used to play their songs so fucking fast. Oh yeah. It was insane. Well, Travis always speeds them. <laughs> but, but now he can't. Now it's, it's on a click. Yeah. There's no control over any of that. There's no spontaneity. There's no, there would, they would be jamming songs and they would make shit up on the spot. And like, I, there's just no, spontaneity in music live anymore like there used to be because everyone's running these well click i think tracks. i think that's fucking retarded anyways that's one thing i hate about live shows play the fucking song as i know it don't fucking do your I, fucking and i disagree shit. completely I, like that's <laughs> part of the reason why i as a kid like as much as i loved listening to albums i was addicted to live tracks like if i metallica was one of my favorites i get all these bootlegs and listen to how they would medley five songs together and, and I'd be like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Or the way that they would just medley two songs together. Or the way that they would... Um, I saw Metal- or saw Dream Theater one time, and they played a song called Peruvian Skies, and in the middle of it, they played the entire bridge of Inner Sandman before going back into Peruvian Skies and finishing it. Yeah, see, and it was I wouldn't fucking enjoy am- that. See, that's fucking... Like that. See, and you're, you're in the minority. Know that you're in the minority <laughs> and that none of us like you. That makes me better. <laughs> like you're because enough. I'm the little guy against the plenty. <laughs> no, but what you don't understand is that they're not going to make a concert to, to fucking for you. They're going to make a concert for the people that want to see this stuff. And we're not getting it. And I'm telling you, you're going to see ticket sales plummet in the next 10 well, years. No, because if- nobody that goes to see a show wants to watch them play against the album track like as if you were listening to the record. Nobody wants that. People want to go to the show and they want to see something different. Well, Here's that something would, different. I mean, that... It's that that's where I would disagree with you because falling in reverse still has massive fans going out to see them and they have that. And they're one of the last bands where that'll happen though. Like there's nobody to replace falling in reverse when he retires. But, but yeah, but that's the thing is he's so different and unique in what he does. And now everybody, is why he's like, and now everybody's done this shit where they've got backtracks, but even blank, like blinks on that. Tom just came, uh, apparently rejoined. Blink. Everybody has backtracks. Everybody, everybody, Every everybody. Yeah. It's, 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 it, but, it, but did they in 2011 did everybody almost nobody, Yeah. almost nobody did. Yeah. It was like the bands that needed it. Right. Like 20, I remember watching 21 pilots when they first started, like well, I know there's the- only two of them. So they have to have the backtracks cause there's not enough members like that type of shit. I remember saying, Oh, okay. So that's a band that needs to do that. That's unique. But then you get a band like death from above 1979. They don't have backtracks. Yeah. They play live. They don't even play the click. They fucking they're in ears only, just for monitor. There are no clicks or nothing. They fucking they're real bad. 
Yeah. They don't fuck around. But then, Same with the Pretty Reckless. They're another then, one. But then you can point out, uh, so me bringing this up as an example, when we watch that Metallica, and it's like, oh, you know fucking Hetfield struggling with the speed of the down picking yeah. from Master of Puppets. Yeah. And even you pointed out that Lars, he's no longer... Uh, uh, pausing the crash there. He's now just using the hi-hats. I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, it just hits the hi-hat because he can close it. It's <laughs> like, what is, why am I getting half the song? First off, James is going... And then we're getting Lars just going... No, 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 no. Him standing up, smashing the cymbal with his tongue hanging out, looking at the crowd like, ah, here it comes, bitches. The riff from hell. No, none of that. No, yeah. It's just like, it's like, why would I pay to go see that? I saw them when Lars would get up and break the cymbals and smash them with his fists so his hands would get cut open and they bleed everywhere. Yeah. I saw them then. And when, when James would throw his guitar across the fucking stage and smash it at the end of a gig because he had a hundred in the fucking back and he didn't give a fuck and they were all explorers. None of this Les Paul bullshit. Okay, they were all explorers. Like, I saw them then, so why would I pay to see them now when they're playing to clicks and they're not doing anything interesting at all on stage whatsoever? I mean, Lars is still making those same old stupid faces, even if he's fucking banging the hi hats rather than not the like crashes. he used to. Man. <laughs> and I, I, I said one of the another band that that I think is still managing to pull this off is Muse, because yeah. Muse, like Ronnie, they sit around after a few nights and they'll change the set. They'll go, okay, we know we're going to do Knights of Sidonia tomorrow night, and they'll program their lights and program their video and get everything set up. And then go in and do it the next day. And, and the, nobody that's that's going to that show that night knows they're getting Knights of Sidonia, even though the other six shows didn't get it. Yeah. Until you show up and you get it, and then it goes out online. And it happens every tour. And then they'll play nights for four or five nights, and then maybe they'll switch it out. And they'll go, hey, you guys want to do Hysteria? Yeah, we haven't played Hysteria all tour. People love that song. It's an older one. Let's bust out Hysteria. What about Citizen Race? Oh, Citizen Race. Let's okay. We'll do Citizen Race on the last date of the tour because that's a weird one. Oh, okay, okay. And they'll fucking do that. <laughs> like they and it's very cool. And and Matt has talked, given interviews where he's talked about how it happened. Literally, the discussion happens in the hotel room. Yeah. As they're leaving, when they, you know, one of the guys will be like, "Just throw the Stockholm Syndrome." It's been time since we played Stockholm. I had a fan tell me he wanted to hear Stockholm Syndrome in the street yesterday. Let's put it in. Let's put it in the fucking set. Let's do it. And they'll and they'll they, every song that they've ever played has programmed lights and video and stuff so that it's there in case they need it. Yeah, that's how you do it. It's not hard. Yeah, it's not hard to do. It's all Ronnie needs to do. Have everything all like that. So that and and and, and, and I, like, why is everything getting put into one place? Oh, all three of my backup laptops are in the same city. Well, they're not backup laptops anymore, are they, Ronnie? <laughs> yeah. They're your main laptop. They're they're all in the same place. Yeah. So I just you know what I mean. But when you want, are just I can just picture Ronnie being so self controlling over it, or so in control of it all. He's like, I need to. Ah, no, don't worry, I'll keep them all. I'll do everything. Oh, probably. That's be, a be, and how, because he got fucked over from Escape the Fate. And how's that working for him? You know? Yeah, but so dude, that's <laughs> like it's, I give girls that that are that give that. that I'm, that I date that give me the the same bullshit. I'm like, oh, I was in a bad relationship, so I don't I don't know how to. Like, I don't care that you're in a bad relationship. You're dating a different person now, so quit assuming that he's always going to get mad, or that he's always going to yell, or that he's always going to not show up, or that he's always going to ask you to pay for the thing. Quit assuming that. Give something new a chance. So Ronnie's do the same thing. Don't assume every musician's out to fucking get you, dude. Yeah. Some of them are out there to help you. 
You know what I mean? You found four in your band. Like, that's why he hires musicians, because he's just convinced he can't trust anybody. He's now got this group of people that have been with him pretty consistently, and he's building a family with them. Yeah. A band is a family. So he's like, ah, this is kind of cool. I have these guys. And I, now, now we all kind of talk about the music. We, I get final say, but they all are giving their, their stuff, and it's making the songs great. Yeah. Because it's me with a team. Because it's always better with the team. You know? And, and, and I just... So he's already been proven that you can trust somebody with your shit. That, that, that drummer guy you said, he's really tight with him. He's yeah. been playing drums with him for most of the Falling in Reverse's career. And now his drums are pretty iconic. And some, some of his fills, especially that um, bridge in, in, in uh, Voices of... Not Voices of Man, sorry. Um, Popular Monster. You know, when he's doing the... That thing on the toms. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking... Everybody I know does that in the air when that when that last chorus comes up you know what i mean like he's so you can trust musicians with your music that's exclusively yours and and do, so he needs to do that with his crew too man yeah like, but fuck. i mean i mean it would be it would be trying to come out of your shell again basically so with with me saying like oh well with this being the first time this had happened ronnie now has to think okay well to prevent this from happening maybe i should do this maybe i should do that maybe i should do this yeah because it looks really shitty to be on that level of musician and cancel the show because you can't find your laptop. <laughs> I, he should have lied and said that he lost a finger or something. Like he, I would have bullshitted and said it was literally anything else other than that so that guys like Eddie <laughs> couldn't school you. Like I, He's just asking for it. So I want to play uh, a word association game. <laughs> and and Because uh, <clears throat> I'm going somewhere. Is this the part this. where I disassociate? No, no. <laughs> so, so I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, and, uh, and you'll understand when I, when I get there. So... Uh, uh, when I say the words I'm about, I'm about one, two, three. When I say the words I'm about to, tell me the first things that come to your mind. Uh, black cat. S um, Luna. Okay. Superstition. Supernatural. Jack o' lantern. Pumpkin. Break stuff. Limp biscuit. <laughs> Vulgar display. Of power. Voices in my head. Yeah, I, I was going to say a prison cell. <laughs> and last but not least, San Quentin. Johnny Cash. J Johnny Cash. Okay. So most people associate San Quentin with Metallica because of their song, St. Anger. Ah, because they did it at San Quentin. Yeah. And now, one of my favorite Johnny shooting, Cash albums. So, yeah, because they shot the video at San Quentin. So the question I have is, is Nickelback riding on those coattails because of the mm -hmm. word association? Because, because that that new song that they have is San Quentin, right? Oh, is that so, is it? Yeah. Oh, so okay. that song that I showed you, where where uh, I was saying that a lot of people were saying, "Oh, this this sounds like new metal. This sounds like new metal." And then you're like, "No, it doesn't sound like regular." Sounds like, sounds like regular Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. So my stance on Nickelback, and I think I've given it before. Nickelback was a great band. The first record they put out was '95. It was called Curb. It was an indie record, and it was it was pretty good. It's hard rock. Um, the their best record. I think it was The State, which was their first major label debut, came out in 1998. It had a song called Worthy to Say on it. It's a song about being a drug dealer and getting caught. It's a very, very good song. Very good video. Yeah. Indie shot through Factor. Everybody knows about Factor. I was talking shit about them there, I think, last week. But back in the 90s, when they were actually helping artists and giving away 12 or 13 grand to you know anybody that showed that they had some potential, the Our Lady Peace got a bunch of Factor money for the Birdman video, too. Like They yeah. took some... Uh, we would literally not know who these bands are if it weren't for that 12 grand from Factor. So, like, fuck, it did do its, its time. Yeah. It's just sad that they now offer 10 grand, not 12, to new bands, and they'll only do it after you're pretty much signed. 
Yeah. So I don't fucking get. So anyways, back up, back up, back up. They do this. Um, they put. A, they also had a song on there called Cowboy Hat and Leader of Men was the single. And they were all really, really good songs. Then they blew up with Silver Side Up, which was the one that had How You Remind Me on it. And that was when they got really popular. Now, that record's not bad. I mean, I got, I'm sick of that song. But Never Again was on that record and a couple other good singles. There was some good, there was some solid tunes. Yeah. And then uh, the next record had Someday, Somehow, that fucking song. And a couple, I got started getting kind of pussy ash, pussy bullshit around then. But, you know, still, I didn't mind it. But I was like, I think I'm done with this. Yeah. Now, I saw them on the tour for that album called The Long Road, I think it was called. Uh, and the fucking fireworks and the boo and shit blowing up. And they still played that never again. And they still played, they gave their drummer cause they got rid of their drummer and got the three doors down guy who's yeah. still with them. He gave him a drum solo. So he did a crazy, like, you know, 80 style drum solo. I was impressed. Yeah. It was a great show. I felt like I got my hundred dollar ticket worth like more than I, a lot of bands and stained opened up and they had just put out that, um, how about you song? It's like, now that we're here, we're so far away. Oh, it's called So Far Away, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Different say How that. about you? I love that yeah, So Far Away. That album was called 14 Shades of Grey. It was their, uh, you know, breakthrough record. It was the record after, so they blew up with um, that Fred Durst doing I'm on the Outside and I'm yeah. Looking In With Them, the, the album before in 2001. So this was in 2003 and they were just kind of, you know, trying to keep that momentum going and they were the opening act. So even though Stain was a kind of an arena headliner themselves, they opened. So you got to see Mike, I'm a huge Stain, Stain fan. Like if you don't like Stain, suck my dick. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. They are so fucking good. Those first two records, like I, I love Fade and Mud Shovel and you know, I mean, if, I mean you can like the pussy stuff too. It's been a while. It's a great sad song and I mean, yeah. if you, I mean, those lyrics are, I don't know any man that hasn't sung that fucking tune in that video with them all in the room with the candles yeah. talking about missing the way she tastes and missing and all that bullshit. It's a great song. I mean, yeah, we've heard it a thousand times, but the moment it came out, like it was, it was amazing. It was great. It fucking, a lot of people stopped and went, that's, that's good. And that's just their, their pussy song that they put out to sell records. They're heavy and they know how to be good and heavy. And yeah. Mike Mushuk actually was in a band with Jason Newstead from Metallica where he shredded that guitar like a bitch. And they were very good together too. Fucking cat. It was in Newstead, the band Newstead. Yeah. And, and what's that other one that he's in? Uh, it starts with a V. Bolt. Bolt. Volbeat? No, not no. Volbeat. His, uh, um, Boy Void. Okay. He did some shit with them too. Anyways, Mike Mushuk's a great guitar player and a shredder. When he's not doing stain stuff, like behind yeah. the scenes on the Family Value Store, he would rip and beat everybody that was on tour with him. Like he was, he was the guy. Yeah. So I like Stained and I like Nickelback because of their early beginnings. Yeah. But you know, new Stained and new Nickelback, anything that's been made since 2011 or 12 is garbage. Well, I think what uh, drove everybody away from Nickelback was because they had the hard rock. Uh, and then they ended up coming out with like, look at that photograph. No, and like, everybody's like, oh my God. And, and, and the rock star song was like, <laughs> number one, all the Hollywood people were like, why are you baiting us out like this? Yeah. And, uh, the rest of the world was just like, okay, we know you're, you're famous there, dude. You don't have to talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And then he started banging Avril Lavigne and everybody hated him. Well, like, why mean, did you take Derek Wibley's girlfriend and fuck her? 
Well, I mean, like he came out and created a beef with Slipknot for no reason. Like he he came out and said like Slipknot had no hit songs. Tell me one hit song by by Slipknot. And it's like, well, you know, I got a bunch. Like he, but like what? And 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 the, who was that? Chad? Chad Kruger? Yeah, got all pissed. Yeah, so, so yeah, so he got so mad uh, at Slipknot. I don't know over what. I think it was because of uh, the metal fest that they'd gone to, and they they had rocks thrown at them and shit. And they uh, when they were fucking kicked off stage. Right. So so anyways, like this beef fucking started, and Corey's like. I don't know why he's fucking talking shit. He's he's like I'm friends with his brother. Yeah. I don't know. Like his brother was in the band. His brother is the one that quit. But uh, but yeah, his brother was in the band, and and he's like, and I'm buddies with him. I have no idea why this beef is starting. Yeah. And and uh, he's like, but we're gonna okay. end up meeting at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking retarded. Speaking of Thanksgiving. So uh, so there is a Canadian YouTuber that uh, I, I introduced to you uh, last time uh, named Stevie T, and he put out those videos uh, because. When Nickelback, Steve, you always do this thing where you quickly say something, Steve T, and then you just move on. What's his full name? Because it's Steve Terraberry. Steve Terraberry. You should go check this guy out because he's got some really funny stuff yeah. where he makes fun of genres, and he's like, "I'm gonna write a song that sounds like Slipknot, or I'm gonna write a song that sounds like country," yeah. and he does a really good parodies of stuff. Like it sounds like an actual one of the songs. But the thing that gets me the most about this guy is his production on it. So when he does a country song, he says, ah, yeah, you sing about divorce and you play three chords. And he does explain the skeleton of the song. But then when he presents the song, it's got a video with those country fade-ins and those country fade-outs. And he's got production on the song with that country guitar, that country twang, the country kick drum with that that's real pumpy, real going on but not a lot of boom boom or puh, puh, you know what I'm saying and then he'll do a Slipknot song and it's all the way all fucking the way and I sing like this you know like he yeah. just does it and the production on the Corey's voice quote unquote his voice sounding like Corey is the same kind of filters and effects that Corey uses to compress his voice yeah. it's very well done his production is top notch uh, so he Saw the trailer for this San Quentin song. Okay. And with the trailer, it just had like a little bit of the intro and then like going into the chorus. And uh, and so he's like, let me see if I can predict what Nickelback is going to do with this song. <laughs> oh, this is and funny. So, so he like, he came up with a riff that's very Nickelback. And then he, uh, and then he plays this song and uh, just... Based on uh, like a word or two, he'd written and ended up writing a song about like the circus or some shit. <laughs> but it, like in the end, the song is still a fucking Nickelback song and you can actually play it side by side with San Quentin. There are differences, but it doesn't sound horrible when <laughs> played along with, with, with San Quentin. And, uh, and then like him too, when it came out, it's like San Quentin, he's like, Wow, they they sound almost like Metallica in this, and I was like, no, they don't. You're just associ. It's the word association. Ah, it's the play on. It's the. I understand what you're saying. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Metallica. Um, I remember when they put that record out, and they got fucking their asses handed to them. It was <laughs> it was so funny. I, like the my, one of the funniest clips. Uh, from the shot pod is when you hear Alex impersonating the snare drum. Of Saint Anger. Oh my god. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Melly and anger with you. Melly and anger with you. It's just in the background, just fucking everything all up. 
Oh, but every time I hear that song, or it's like the beginning of Frantic. It's like, now you're sounding like a cuckoo burrow. That's what that fucking record sounds like to me. Like it's in. Like I can't take it anymore. Every time I hear that fucking. Anyways, we're done. Every time I hear that Saint Anger song, the backup vocals, whenever he's like, she never. I always think of the basses going, you poop it out, you flush it down. <laughs> it works. That's not the bass player. It's actually Kirk that does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but in the video, you see the video, you see, you see, you see the, the bass, bass player yeah. do it because it doesn't look right for Kirk to do that. You push it out. You push it out. <laughs> and when they do it live, it's pathetic. It's sad. <laughs> they have effects added to the Kirk's mic so that it doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. I mean, they have the effects when they're doing master and everybody in the mics are going, master! And then, like, it, it sounds much more They never used to, though. If you is. see them, this is another, this is, oh, man. This is where I think I'm going to start to sound like an old man and no one's going to agree <laughs> with me. And this is just, when you see Metallica in the 80s playing master puppets at double speed, Dub- yeah. Double oh, yeah. the yeah, fucking yeah. speed because yeah. they're all on coke and drinking whiskey like they should be. <laughs> yeah, like you should be if you're gonna play Master of Puppets. I swear to God, they shouldn't be allowed to play the songs from the era until they've gone off and done the drug that they did when they wrote it. Be like, so we wrote, <laughs> we did a bunch of cocaine and wrote Master of Puppets. We'll be right back. Do a bunch of cocaine, play Master of Puppets, then sober up, smoke a bunch of weed like they did when they made Sandman and Nothing Else Matters, and play those songs. That's why they've got those lackluster hi hats, you know. Those. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, um, Metallica got hung out to dry. I saw them on the tour for 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 Saint Anger. They played at the Air Canada Center because that's what it's called <laughs> with um, Godsmack, and Godsmack opened, and they did this crazy drum battle that's in the video for Changes. Have you ever seen the Changes DVD? Yeah. So they did that at this show because uh, it was an arena tour, and they were in the center of the arena. So it was an amazing show. But the thing that blew my mind is that everybody was into Godsmack heavily. And then Metallica came out and a lot of people weren't into it. Like you could tell there was a good portion of people there for Godsmack, oh, yeah. which was weird. Yeah, that's definitely weird because even it, like you can almost hear like a James Hetfield influence in, oh, in Solly's voice. I'm going to be real. My mom can't tell them apart. <laughs> if I play my mom awake, she's like, fuck, Metallica got really bad. <laughs> That's what she says to me, right? You know, that I'm alive for you. I'm awake. That fucking song. She's like, oh, James needs to fucking quit drinking. <laughs> Did he start drinking again? I'll be like, mom, this is Godsmack. Don't lie. She'll say, you know, if you fucking lie to me, this is clearly Metallica. Dun, 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 dun. That's a Metallica riff right there, Alex. Dun, 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 dun. How many more of those is there going to be? Dun, 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 dun. This is definitely a Metallica song, Alex. Dun, dun, dun. Ah! And then he goes, but he doesn't. She's like, see, Alex? It's clearly Metallica. And then you hear him go, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, I fucking told you it's Metallica. <laughs> like, and I can't prove her wrong until like the name of, until the song finishes on the radio. Like, that was Godsmack with the wake. She's like, they must have made a mistake at the station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Okay. Anyways, I love Godsmack. A lot. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so 
the reason why I was doing the word association uh, was because of this San Quentin Nickelback thing. Although, uh, although I'm not like, uh, like insulting them for for talent or what or lack of because I know they're talented because they actually can it's just they're choosing not to like this is the thing when they go back for me they're talented but they're just writing shitty songs well I mean in San Quentin he actually does do a fucking rip and shred and solo in it is it Chad or is Bud oh it's Chad it's Chad? Yeah. His bud doesn't do it? Because no, the other Chad. guy's considered the lead in the band. Yeah. Well, I mean... I and mean, when they Chad, play live, the Chad other guy does, does most... Chad does every so often. The uh, the side of a bullet there, that was... Uh, the Dimebag solo was yeah. given to Chad, and Chad played that. Oh, he plays that? Yeah. It's a hard fucking thing to play. Yeah. <laughs> so he, that's where, like, he's got the talent. <laughs> the fuck, man? He reminds me of Matt Bellamy from Muse, because he's, like, such this tiny little cute dude that plays piano. <laughs> he's this tiny little, like, and he's, like, plays piano, and he's, like, <laughs> and then he just goes up there and rips, and you're, like, holy fuck, that little 45-pound guy can rip. <laughs> like, like Matt's... Well, I mean, I mean, every time I see fucking Chad, I think of, like, the earlier images where it looked like he got his pants from Randy River. Like, it looked like... I just pictured that he's, he's got the Ruth from Ozark's hair. <laughs> He's yeah. always had Ruth from Ozark's well, fucking now, hair. Now it's all uh, it short, short and, and fucking, yeah. It still like, looks like it's 1999 and he should have, <laughs> yeah, that's the ski jump. That, yeah, now he looks like uh, fucking uh, O-Town, the singer from looks, O-Town. Oh. <laughs> O-Town? Yeah. Wow, that's old. Fucking Canadian boy band. <laughs> oh my God. O-Town. Every time I hear about O-Town, I just think crazy town, you know? Yo, my buddy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sugar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that song at the much video dances I used to go to when I was yeah. a kid. <laughs> that song would come on and all the girls would start dancing really slutty. I was like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tamara, you know you danced really slutty to Butterfly by Crazy Town back in the day. <laughs> shame head hang. Shame. Yeah, for sure. We all. Yeah. And Mark was looking. <laughs> I was out there twerking myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll be your butterfly, baby. You be my sugar. <laughs> uh, we're fucked up. So anyway, so the movie Smile, uh, from what I've seen so far, it's gotten amazing reviews. Uh, have you ever seen the movie It Follows? No. So It Follows is essentially, well, it's getting a lot of hate for, for what people think is basically an STD disease. So in It Follows, <laughs> you have an invisible force. Well, invisible to everybody else, but not you. It takes the form of many things coming after you. But you'll die if uh, you don't pass it on. So the way this works is if somebody's being chased by this force, the only way they can get rid of it is if they fuck somebody. They, they have sex with somebody, and that essentially passes on this curse of being chased by this entity onto them. So now you're scot-free, but if that person dies, it's coming back after you. Right. So, uh, and it actually, uh, I mean... The, the freaky thing about that, if you watch the movie, is the fact that you have this force that doesn't stop. It doesn't rest. It doesn't stop. It continually chases. If you travel and you're like, fine, I'm going to the cottage. I'll get away from this. Give it a couple days. It'll be there. I'll be honest. If I was trying to get away from evil, I wouldn't go to a cottage. That's where Jason hangs out. So what I, I, would, go, I would go to a city, a place where there's lots of people and no spirits. Will it chase me to the subway station? Yes. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is it'll follow you literally anywhere. So like 
It what about show- the bathroom? I'm trying to poop. Oh, it'll, it's it, oh, still it'll get there? you in the bathroom. I yep. don't like this. Oh, yeah. I don't like so, this. So, like, this this person's, uh, so this character, this girl in It Follows, she's sitting in school, and this is before she knows kind of what it is. This, this guy that has sex with her kind of says, like, you can't stop running. You have to run. Something will always chase you. And she's like, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever." And then she's uh, she's in school. She's kind of bored. She has, she has her head down on the desk, and she looks up and looks out the window, and it looks like there's this naked old lady <laughs> walking across this field, not facing anybody. Nobody else can see it. And you're like, "What the hell is that?" Okay, whatever it is, what it is, you know, whatever. You leave the classroom, and suddenly this now naked old lady is in the hallway staring at you coming for you nobody else can fucking see it so this unstoppable force can take the form of whatever and you're like holy fuck okay i have to get away so you try to tell your friends nobody fucking believes you oh this sounds way far out blah 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 blah. you know and then in this in this movie they end off they end up going to a beach uh, with their friends and their friends like, I don't know if I believe you, but I will go with you because I support you. And then this girl, she passes out in a lawn chair. And then you see this girl in the movie on the beach kind of walking up and you're like, oh, okay. It must be one of her friends that wasn't introduced. No, it's it, but it is a younger lady. So you're like, oh, okay. So it's just whatever. And then she goes at the girl and then it shows what the friends would see because they don't see the force and you just see her hair lift up into the air and she's like lifted by her hair and she's like, oh my God, she's screaming. Nobody, like nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And she, they can't see it. Yeah, just, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. So it's fucking crazy. They end up getting away. So anyways, my point is, uh, with the way that this movie plays out, from what I understand, is how smile works as well. Oh, okay. So anybody that has this curse of uh, of seeing somebody with the smile, as soon as you see somebody with the smile, it's like it's in your it it becomes a part of you, and you're basically the next to be the smiling one, and and you keep passing it on. So that's what everybody's saying. It's everybody's saying it's kind of like it follows because you're passing uh. on this curse where it's killing everybody and so whatever you sent so. me a picture of them sending people to sporting events yeah and the people are standing there with this fucked up smile on their face from the movie yeah for like the whole fucking the, thing. yeah the marketing it's so fucked up it's like by the end of the day i bet their cheeks were sore <laughs> or like i don't know man i couldn't do it like i, I have five minutes i'd be like nope this is that it hurts like <laughs> smile for five minutes put your phone on as a hey google set a five minute timer and smile the whole fucking time you can't do it you cannot. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. You'll be fucking. It's like um, I'm. Unless you're uh, Lenny from The Simpsons, where you had plastic surgery to make you smile, and you're like, "This is the worst day <laughs> of my oh life." Oh my <laughs> god, I can see the scene in my head right now. Oh, everybody's so sad because the plant is closing, except for Lenny. He looks like he's having the best day of his life, and he's just, "This is the worst day of my life," and he's smiling so big. <laughs> Oh, The Simpsons is so good, man. <laughs> Fucking Christ, I miss it. All right, so by the time people actually hear this episode, uh, it's going to be two weeks after Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving did just happen. For us, it was, for me, it was yesterday. Today yeah, itself it yesterday. is the holiday Monday that we're cutting these tracks on. What was your, hello- what was your Halloween? What was your Thanksgiving <laughs> like? Uh, it was also, actually- happy Thanksgiving to all the happy- Shot Pod people. Yes, uh, I did make a page announcement, so... I saw it. I shared it. So if you're not on the page, just go to Facebook and follow the page, and you'll see announcements like that. So my Thanksgiving, it was actually uh, better than it was last year. So 
last year I had, uh, I think I had both kids. And Ethan, uh, he, the only thing Ethan will eat. No, I didn't have Ethan last year. Oh, he went to his pops last year. Okay, but the the only thing Ethan eats anyways is ham. He doesn't like anything else. Oh, I got some ham. So, so he had some ham. And then, and then uh, my youngest, his mother was like bribing him last year. It was like, you're going over to your dad's. I will give you 20 bucks if you try a little bit of everything. And he tried a little bit of everything, and everything he tried, he's like, oh, I like it. And then after like four bites, he'd be like, I don't like it. I don't like it. But this year it was it was totally different because his taste buds actually change as he's growing. He's like, I like the stuffing. I like the ham. It tastes like bacon, so I'm gonna call it bacon. He, and he's like, and I like the turkey with gravy. So right. he had so he had the turkey with gravy, he had ham and he had stuffing, and then when he finished the stuffing, he's like, I want seconds. It was Has like, this okay. kid had never eaten a potato in his life? He doesn't like potatoes. I've tried I've offered him and he doesn't. Does he yeah. eat vegetables? Uh, broccoli with ranch every once in a blue moon. <laughs> and I had got him on corn a little bit. See, when I was a kid, if I didn't eat something, my mom just beat me. And it worked pretty good. I eat everything now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my how things have changed. Yeah. I don't know how children survive without eating potatoes because I basically lived on them. Oh, I fucking love I There's <laughs> nothing about a potato I just... There is so many things you can do with a potato yeah. that make it amazing. But I will admit, on its own, without a meat on the side or something to go with it, can be a little meh. But I just love to be like, hey, do you want to have chicken? Yeah, as long as there's some potatoes beside it. Do you want steak <laughs> with potatoes? Maybe we'll have a little fish with potatoes. <laughs> hey, would you like rice? No, I want potatoes. You know? That's just- oh, man. I should like I should definitely clip that <laughs> with potatoes. And then fucking that's, that's going to be a sound bank. With that, potatoes! With potatoes! <laughs> that's going to be, yeah, that's definitely going to be a sound bank right there. Hi, uh, I'd like a chicken pad thai. I, I, I'd like to order a chicken pad thai. Yeah. A mild, mild, spicy, yeah. And I'd like potatoes! Instead of noodles, please. <laughs> no, I really like potatoes. Um, What are your favorite type of potato? Let's, uh, I, this is a Thanksgiving-y topic. Yeah, so I just like uh, the mashed or whipped. Everybody likes a mashed whipped potato. But the, the secret to a mashed and or whipped potato is to add like a little fucking like sour cream. or, nope. or you lost me. They're right there. Just You don't like sour cream? You're such a <laughs> fucking not, not weirdo. Not my potatoes. No. You're not a fucking, you're, you're the fucking weirdest dude I know. Every time we talk so, about food, so I've been every time we as, talk about food, I want to slap you. So I've been described as being a vanilla bean because I just like the normal shit. Don't add shit. Just make it normal. No, fucking. <laughs> what about sour cream on your taco? Do you put sour cream on your... What, what's up? He's not vanilla bean. He puts vanilla. What about sour cream on your taco? Uh, well, I do like that. Oh, okay. So that's okay. Yeah. Right, right. So but not But not in my fucking veggies. Dude, sour... D- d- condiments are the fucking spice of life, bitch. I swear to God. I swear to God. I put mayonnaise on everything. Everything. I'll put mayonnaise on a nugget of poop and eat it. I don't give a fuck. All right. So, okay. Uh, well, you're you're going to be tested on that. Well, if I don't, if I don't like something, it's like just throw some mayo on it. I'll eat it. That's how my mom got me to eat everything when I was a kid. No, but like sour cream and those whipped potatoes or uh, you get like garlic cream cheese and fucking mix it and whip that into it. Oh, yeah. Or if you want to just be a basic bitch, just a little grated cheddar cheese, fucking in there mixed with the with the uh, with the fucking potato. What? See, you're everybody that's listening is like, oh yeah, oh that is good. Oh the cheese, yeah, yeah. Do you, or or and then after you put it in, melt a little bit on top too. Maybe oh, yeah, a little see? butter and salt, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, see, butter and salt is a basic bitch way to make potatoes. All right, it's such a good way. What else? Is, my thing for potatoes, I love twice baked potatoes. My favorite. 
one of my favorite things. You know what a twice baked potato is? Of course know. not, because you know no luxury. <laughs> you don't even know sour cream what a potato tastes like, motherfucker. <laughs> It's a very good, very, very, very good way to make potatoes. I don't know how to do it. All I know is I like it. <laughs> I'm not a chef, and that's why when I... I thought you were about to go into... I don't know anything about it. All I know is that I enjoy eating it. Do you know, how do you make a twice big potato? I imagine there's two baking processes involved. Now... So you have to mash a separate bit of potatoes up, and then you like put that on top of the potato, ah, okay. and then you bake that in the oven. And it's so... F- Oh, I see, I see, I see. See, I would, I, I will eat it at any of those. They're all fucking good. And then most people put um, green onion on that potato. Yeah, a little bit of green onion. Like, and you got to do it like cash money style. Like, you know, that's how you fucking get the potato. Like Salt Bay fucking. Right, yeah. Just a pinch of green onion. Right? Like, yeah. Bitch! Rasca! Allegro! You know? You know, I'm casting. You got my wand. I want some green onion basquega. Whatever the fuck you're doing. That's what you have to do. It's the only way for it to distribute evenly. Anyway, so once so that. Sounds like a Salt Bay mixed with some Patois, mixed with Harry Potter. Fucking. Rasclat! <laughs> got some Rastafarian in there, too. Rasclat on it. There we go. Anyways, I wish everyone could see the hand motion that goes with it. But it's that. You know the guy that does the thing with the, the yeah, sand? Yeah, Salt Bay. Yeah, the Salt yeah. Bay. Yeah, that's basically that. So anyways, um. <laughs> um, ham is my favorite part of Thanksgiving as much as I love turkey and I, I do love dark meat I'm a dark meat guy um, even though I'm dating a white girl this time around <laughs> funny when you say it like that yep. anyways um, I do like dark meat I'm a, you can't say that I want a leg I am always want a leg uh, I'm not a breast guy with the turkey I'm a breast guy with chicken for sure but not with the turkey I'll take a leg I love stuffing and we did this cool thing where we got a cook from frozen butterball turkey already stuffed. Yeah. And it was like 30 pounds. So we threw that in. And the stuff and we made stuffing separately yeah. from the box, like you do. So the stuffing that was in the turkey, oh fuck, it was night and day good. It was so good. And then the stovetop stuff was as good as it normally is, but it was so moist. The, yeah. the, the, uh, I know some people don't like that word. So let me repeat it. The chicken or the turkey stuffing that was inside that cooked with it was yeah. so moist. It was amazing. <laughs> but we also slow cooked the it. The way ham. you said that too matches so the moist. matches the image of that elderly woman wearing makeup with that weird like upside down smile. So moist. <laughs> um, but the other thing that we did was we made a ham and we covered it in pineapple and slow cooked it for like seven hours. So that was pretty nice. And then we slow cooked some roast beef. It was awesome. I I love Thanksgiving. I just love eating. So. Uh, so uh, Friday night, uh, so Friday during the day, I uh, texted Tamara. Uh, I was like, should I take the turkey out? Because uh, like, I'd seen uh, a post go by on Facebook where it's like, you need fucking, I don't know how many hours per fucking the weight of uh, the turkey. Yeah. Well, it was during the day Friday. I asked if I should take it out. You said you'll take it out when you get home. And then Friday when I was at cemetery which is where it was friday i'd said did you take the turkey out and you said no i forgot <laughs> and then uh, and then i got home and it was sitting in a bag on uh, the stove so she did take it out but uh <laughs> uh i mean for me so with as basic as i am for food when i get like turkey and gravy and corn and potatoes all on one plate i can mash it all in together see you're fucked up 
<laughs> we are not friends. That is blasphemy to take a meal cooked that fucking well and just put it in a fucking pile and ate it. Oh, yeah. Everything is, compliments is each other. It's fucking rude. Everything compliments each other. Unreal. Everything compliments I'll each never, other. You know what? I'm blown away you're not single. I don't know how the fuck she puts up with your shit. I don't. Yeah. That whole don't eat off my plate. No, you can't have a bite of my fry. And now you're, I don't like condiments. I don't need things added to things. And now I take everything on the plate, no matter how much work you've put into it, and I turn it into shepherd's pie. Then go make a shepherd's pie, you I'm, fucking prick. Just get a bunch of potatoes and meat and corn and fucking stir it in a fucking pot and make shepherd's pie. Don't ruin your thing. Thanksgiving dinner by making it a shepherd's pie, you fuck! I don't like shepherd's pie. <laughs> That's what you turn your dinner into! You do like shepherd's pie! Fuck! Tamara, I don't know how you do it. He's a frustrating man. Unreal. If it was my Thanksgiving dinner, I would have literally, I would have taken his plate from him and said, you know what? And then I went and got in the microwave and I got a pizza, two pizza pops. I would have thrown them in the microwave. I went, that's your Thanksgiving, Mark. In two minutes and 45 seconds, you can have a deluxe pizza pop and you can fuck off. That's what I would have done. And then I would have sat down and finished my turkey separate from my corn. The only thing you're allowed to put on all the, everything on the plate is the gravy. Like I will admit, I put gravy on my ham. Gravy on my stuffing, gravy on my corn, gravy on my potatoes, gravy on my turkey. And then I flipped the leg over and put more gravy on the other side of the turkey. Do you remember that, that Fresh Prince episode where Will ended up getting arrested by the racist police and he was in jail and then uh, and uh, Uncle Phil came in and, and was talking to Will after he'd flipped out on the cops? Or no, no, no. Was it Uncle Phil that was in jail at this time? He was talking about somebody about little onions floating in mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't know. I don't watch oh. The Fresh Prince that recently that I would remember this. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a long time since I'm like, was it like this or was it like that? But yeah. But the, the guy that was um that, that invented the Carlton in Fresh Prince there, he's got a he's on a show that he's on like Dancing, Dancing with the with Stars. stars yeah. Is that what he's on? Yep. Yeah, good for him for being relevant again. <laughs> Ever, no, uh, nobody on that show really did anything after except Will. Well, yeah. yeah. Other than you know, it's kind of like that Kind of like the whole... Well, Tatiana and Ali did actually come out with more music. But, I mean, she didn't break into superstardom like most pop stars. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, the thing with Thanksgiving that is kind of a tradition for my family. So, I figured we would do it here on the shop pod because it's something that's fun to do. Um, and we did it, yeah, we did it when we did our thing. We sat down, all of us, and we went around the room and we do the... We have to name a couple, at least two, three things you're thankful for this year. What in 2022 are you thankful for? And I'll be honest with you, I had a hard time coming up with three things this year. Like, it's been a fucking year, bud. It's been, I feel, it's, we're only nine months in, ten months in, ten months in, and it feels like two years. Um, I, I was, for two seconds, thought I'm grateful that I guess the COVID's over, but I'm not because the remnants of this world, um, not the least of which are your horrible... Um, your horrible experience at the walk-in clinic that Tamara had uh, on the yeah. hol- on uh, during the holiday, where you, you she was second or third to get to the clinic and was second last to get taken in because they just have a lottery system where it's like, we hope you maybe you're lucky enough to get in healthcare and clinics and doctors and all all the all the places that basically said you have to be vaccinated to work here. What happened was what's happened is a lot of these people 
Um, the ones that were like, yeah, yeah, whatever you say, whatever you say. The people that don't have any independent thought that are just like worker bees that do what you're told. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to talk shit. I'm just describing personalities of people. The types of people at work that stay, stayed and kept their jobs and the types of people that left the job. Okay, these are different types of people. You can't argue that. These are facts. Yeah. So the one guy says, yes, 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 I'll get all the pokes. And then when they said, I want a third poke, they're like, okay, I'll get a third one. I'll get a third one, whatever you want. Even though the third one was like really unnecessary and the first two weren't really working. Anybody that got the third one, you know, there was a lot of reluctant people on the third one. But a lot of places said, if you don't get it, you don't have a job. So a lot of nurses, a lot of PSWs, and a lot of uh, smart, hardworking people didn't get it and lost their jobs and haven't been brought back, even though a lot of places lifted their COVID policies. Yeah. And a lot of, so what, what has happened is that places like that, like walk-in clinics, like certain restaurant chains, like um, hospitals, what else? Help me out a little bit. What else is like, you know, d did this divide where they were like, if you don't get all your pokes, you can't work. What was another? There was a f other big ones. Uh, did you mention retirement homes? Retirement homes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's part of the healthcare worker thing. Good yeah. call. Good call. So what you're noticing now is that there is number one, a huge lack of people working at these types of places. Like they, they're all hiring immediately. And if you're not that qualified, they don't care <laughs> uh, because, and, but you have to be vaccinated to go get it. So what happened was all the people that have any independent thought, some of them got two pokes and said no on the third and lost their job. Some of them didn't even get the first two. Some of them got fake paperwork and then at, when they wanted a QR code, couldn't provide one and lost the job over that. So depending on what the situation was, but the people that lost the job or quit tend to be I, the go-getters, the people that came up with new ideas for the company, the people that you know, stayed late when somebody didn't show up, the people to take a shift, the people to bitch at the boss when he was being mean to other employees. He shouldn't talk to people like that. Yeah. You know, they were the, the people, you know, and the people that are like, okay, whatever you say, I'll get three, I'll get four, I'll get five. I just need this job. I just need this job, whatever, whatever. You know, they're less independent. Yeah. Bottom line is they're just not, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean that they're useless or anything like that. It just means they're not, the ones going, well, I got an idea and yelling it from the back of the room. Yeah. They're just not that guy. So what has happened is, is that now it's six months after COVID and we're seeing this incompetence take its toll where the people that aren't really, you've got a short staffed group of people that don't really think for themselves anyway. Yeah. Right. That's what most places are stuck with, are left with, you know, a short staff, I'll say it again, a short staffed group of people that don't really think that independently. They can complete tasks and they're good workers, but to get shit done when there's a grind, to kick in when there's extra help needed, to come up with new ideas, to make things happen more efficiently, but not get an increase in pay. They're not those people. Well, so my so I, I, what I, I suppose my point is, is I'm not, I was going to be grateful that COVID's over, but I'm not gr grateful because this is what we're <laughs> left with is all yeah. these, these people at these jobs that don't want to be there. And they're all overworked, underpaid and now underqualified. Well, to, to that degree, I'm going to expand on it. So uh, around December of last year, uh, a lot of my coworkers ended up uh, getting COVID and they were sick and they were off and I was the one to cover their shifts. Oh, this guy got COVID. Okay, Mark, sorry. Your day is... Sorry, Mark. Yeah, your door. Your day is getting more added to it. Oh, shit. Okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do you it. I'll do it. You took the overtime it. because it was money in, in Marky's yeah. pocket. Oh, shit. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Come May... Gotta buy Christmas gifts for the kiddos. Come May, I get COVID. I'm off for, for two weeks with COVID and I get back to work Okay, so Mark, you're slammed with all the work that you missed because nobody covered your shifts. Wh what? 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 So I covered everybody else when they were off in December and from COVID, took any and of yours. nobody fucking covered me. So so I'm just now I'm overworked. 
Oh my like God. everybody in this fucking country. <laughs> yeah. Overworked, underpaid, yeah. and... I wouldn't consider I'd consider you overqualified for that job. I mean, you fucking you should be managing that place. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Anyway, um, I would uh, do the thing that me and Jared keep saying whenever we mention you, and and say, "Well, then fucking quit, come work for us." But uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that this week. And I'll tell you right fucking now. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm I'm remembering very quickly why I work for myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very quickly, very very fucking quickly. You know, I don't necessarily want to work for myself again because this country's made it really impossible. Uh, there, there's a big recession coming in 2023, so you're going to need a job rather than be self-employed. Yeah, but it's like jobs are fucking horrendous right now. Yeah, The level of shit they're expecting you to deal with because everybody is overworked and understaffed and all that, I'm not willing to deal with. I'm not yeah. willing to let people scream at me. You know, to keep a job. I won't do it. And yeah. so this is the level of shit you, you know, I'm being reintroduced to the, the wonderful world of employment, you know. But I, then I think, well, I yelled at my apprentices and when they fucked up, you know, what the fuck are you doing? This is going to cost us all the whole money for the day. What fuck? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of, you know, so I get it. But there's ways to do things. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I would normally be like, yeah, quit. But I don't know what to tell. I feel so disheartened that everyone that has a shit job where they treated like shit and not appreciated and not paid enough. I'm like, I'd keep it because the world's falling apart and uh, we're all going to starve to death if you don't. Yeah. In fact, I would ask your boss to shit down your throat a little harder and thicker <laughs> and maybe swallow a bit more. Say, excuse me, if you'd like to shit more, I'm st I'm still here. I'll stay after hours for Apparently, extra shit. Apparently, as long as there's mayonnaise on it. Right, <laughs> I mean, as long as there's mayonnaise on it, I'll take it, right? <laughs> hey, just let me get my Hellman's and you just keep pushing. <laughs> like, that's, it's, that's where we're at. So that, what else are you thankful for? <laughs> so yeah, I'm not thankful for that. Uh, I, I did say that I was thankful for what you know what family I still have alive and what yeah. family's still around you know what I mean um I'm not a lot of people are as close as me and my mom I got I'm lucky with that I'm very lucky with that so you know I was fucking shooting the shit with that I uh, I, I don't know I, I hate saying certain things on air just because when I listen back to them or when I listen to this this next year it might really kill me but the girl I'm hanging out with is pretty cool and I'm pretty grateful <laughs> for that it's kind of nice you know to um, I had this l issue where I don't know about you, but I, I get, uh, I have like anxiety attacks when the three little dots are rolling at the bottom of the message screen. You know, when there's like a, <laughs> when there's like a, when, when, when you're like six years into a relationship and you see those dots, you're, you, you're, what does she want now? That's what I was going to say. It's most common. Like what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're in the first six months, it's, this is, this is her breaking up with me. <laughs> this is the moment she says, this isn't working. So, so basically Via what text, we're saying is it's not good at any time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's never good. If they're messaging you first, you're like, uh Oh, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway? No, I, I'm grateful for that. Um, which is kind of like, you know, she's a musician. So we jam, like I bring my guitar over. Actually, she usually brings her guitar over and we'll plug into my amp and I'll use my effects and keep it clean and use the seven string. And then she's got a really nice uh, Fender acoustic electric. So she plugs the acoustic in and strums and does all the, you know, the chord back chords. And we rip through sets of stuff for, um, we do um, Save Your Scissors and Shit by Dallas Green, 
And uh, we do that. What's that fucking Hey song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, we'll do that. Actually, I get to do that. I do that little riff and she strums the chords. It's fucking good times. So, we, you know, I'm grateful for that. Like, I, music is very important to me. And, you know, to be able to jam in a band like I did with Eric, as when I did, I haven't played with Eric in a while now. So this is kind of t- filling that gap, yeah. playing with her. And we're going to book some gigs at Chasers there where she's working so we can do some gigs soon. So, you know, that, that I'm grateful for being able to do that. That's pretty, pretty cool to do. Um, I would, was going to probably say I'm grateful for this job and being able, you know, I spent most of the year trying to find a job that would lure me away from my own business. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how I feel in a month. Um, so, uh, but I, you know, it is nice to be at work and making okay money. So yeah. that's kind of nice. Um, but I'm not sure the price to pay is there. Yeah. I'm not sure the price of my mental sanity is worth it. You know, the hourly rate on your mental sanity is a fun, it's a fun, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a fun gamble. Yeah. What is my sanity worth? What am I willing to be abused for? So at $35 an hour, you can shit down my face, but at 31 that's when I get mad and, and throw the shit back at you. Where's the line? Yeah. $30.50? Do I, do I just let you shit harder? Like, where is it? It's a, it's a weird, you know, maybe maybe you're like $18 an hour. Maybe it's an $18 an hour. What, 19 Do you want to come in my mouth? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is that, that wherever you are, you know, you're, you're like, what am I willing to do for this raise? Or if you go get another job for a company that you know is kind of shitty, it, you know, is it worth it? Like, you know, everybody wants to work for Amazon, but everybody knows that you're not allowed to talk to another employee. It's when you're all like, is it worth it? Let me work it. Throw your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I'm round flipping it, but now yep. I'm round flipping it, yep. It's kind of funny how she says that, but yeah. says it backwards yeah. for the second half of the When I was a young kid, I was like, what's she saying? Yeah. There was no fucking AZ lyrics for me to go look at in 19. 19- when did that song come out? 99? 2000? It, her her music videos were so iconic for visuals. Like her, she was like the Marilyn Manson of hip hop, I would say. Because <laughs> it was weird, gothic, kind of grotesque at times, but creative and artsy. I loved Missy Elliott's shit. Yeah. Man, fuck, if you don't know who Missy Elliott is, go check. I remember when she was at the Super Bowl there a few years back and all the young kids were like, that Missy Elliott girl could really go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the kids don't know. The kids don't know. Yeah. So do we have Halloween plans for this year yet? Do you have your kids this year? No. This is a non-kid year. Yeah. But Taya will be here. Yeah. So Taya will be here and we'll probably end up. Uh, What's she want to be? I, I don't know yet. Don't Tamara! Elmo. She wants to be Elmo? I don't know. Oh, she doesn't know. So uh, what else are you That would work out. Before we move on to that, uh, is that what you're thankful for? Like those? Yeah, yeah, that's, I'll call it that. So for me, I got to say, I am thankful for Tamara because uh, even though she's been under the weather this weekend, we still were able to pull off an actual pretty dope Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, my my kidlets, they still came over this weekend. So uh, my oldest came over, but he went to his papa's for Thanksgiving, and then my youngest was here, and we just we we just had a blast this weekend. Like I don't think I've heard him laugh so hard. We played the game Portal Two, okay, and uh, and we had such a blast at it. But like, it got to the point where I was getting frustrated because he was killing me in Portal. 
<laughs> so I was like, but the portal isn't like a competitive. Oh, and he's nine? Yeah. So portal isn't. Mark getting beat by a nine year old in yeah, a video game? Yeah, it's not game. a competitive game. It's not a multiplayer death match. It was just like he would use his portal and then I would transport somewhere or teleport somewhere in into like my death. I would like fall into the water or like he'd teleport me into a doorway and then he would take away his portal and the door would crush me. And I'm like, damn it, Parker, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Stop picking up. Yeah, so that was good. And then uh, this is going to sound i guess sappy but i gotta say that the other thing i'm thankful for is actually the podcast because yeah. the podcast is very therapeutic and out of every time when i could say yo alex what do you want to do what do you want to do and then you can say oh let's do this but then it never happens the one thing i can say the the majority of the thing that you actually come out for is the podcast so at the end of the day and the thing is with the podcast where it's kind of therapy for us we can vent about what's bugging us in the world or whatever but then uh, you're able to find a humor in it and I'm able to find humor in what bothers you. And either way, it, it still builds our dynamic and the listeners that, that, uh, are, are like steady that we still have over hundred downloads. Every episode gets a hundred downloads. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very grateful for that too. I probably should have thrown that out there, but I think I was more grateful for the podcast last year when it started because it was, you know, it's just been consistently in, in my life. Um, we make a point to do this once a week. You know what I mean? I think we've had a few weeks here and there where there's been a horrible sickness or extenuating circumstances, but like it takes a mountain in our way to stop this. Yeah. Like you've been sick and still done it. I've been sick and still done it. I've had work sit I should be doing and then like, I don't fucking care. I'm still doing I've canceled jobs on customer cars to come do this yeah. <laughs> i don't fucking give a shit you yeah. know like it's it and i do that like you were, were talking about what's the what's the hourly rate on your mental health you know what are you willing to make so that you can be treated like shit at work and, and still and still be okay <laughs> and it's the similar the same thing with this podcast it's like the podcast is really good for my mental health so the amount of things that are allowed to get in front of it is a fucking small list yeah. because my sanity my happiness is is directly connected to it my how I'm a function all week at work is directly affected to how we are on the weekend yeah. the, the talk in the car on the way over the talks during the week in messenger sometimes me and mark um, will call each other during the week like there's a lot of it's mostly messenger because he's got kids and we both work different hours but now and then, if he calls, I'll pick up. Or if I call him, it's like, okay, it's talk time. And we'll talk for fucking an hour. We can talk for four, a half hour about, about what we want to do with this, you know? And we did that a lot more earlier in the year. Yeah. Summer's kind of gotten us busy. Um, but, you know, and just being able to jam the spark on air and jam yeah. riffs with each other and have another musician to just, you know, introduce me to music that I haven't heard. Hey, like the Terry Berry guy, you yeah. know, Terry Berry, you know, check out Stevie T and, and, and giggle at that and go, oh, I like this. Or you showed what's the drummer that we really like? Crazy prog drummer. Oh, Chris Turner. Chris Turner. I love. Actually, I was going to actually request some Turner on the way home. <laughs> yeah. I want to fucking jam some Turner. I'd love to, to listen to some of it. I should download some more in my house, too. I've downloaded a bit. Yeah. Um, the, this, this podcast is a big part of my mental health. So not much gets in the way. Unless I'm afraid I'm going to get one of you guys sick. Well, what's the other reason that I've canceled? Can I think that there was just that. Well, you did end up going camping, so you were out of time. Oh, and the camping thing, yeah, yeah. that which was a huge, that was important to, yeah. to the uh, this whole thing with us starting. That was a big part of it, and it was a good time. Also, it was the only thing I did all summer. Like I, from January right up until June, just worked like a slave. 
to make enough money, barely enough money to eat, survive, and pay my rent because yeah. of how fucked this country is <laughs> and how shitty and hard they've made it for for people that run their own business. So I'm pretty pretty grateful that I got to go camping. I got to do that one thing, and and she made that happen. She paid all the money, booked the site. I just had to get us up there and get us back. Yeah. So I, I I'm grateful for that camping trip too. That was a good reason to. That was pro, that was I don't regret that. That was that was also good for the mental health. Go out, yeah. get in the woods. You know, fucking a tent. <laughs> you should go fucking a tent once a year. Go fuck up your foot once a year. <laughs> oh, I sliced my foot wide open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you saw yeah. the pictures online. The yeah. blood all over the rock for days. <laughs> my shoe's still full of blood. The, my that shoe at <laughs> the bottom of it is still fucking brown from the filling with blood. <laughs> Yep, that was fun times. Okay, so uh, when Park was over this weekend, we actually uh, sat down to watch some Halloween specials. Like it was, it was what we watched just because of the month. So uh, Saturday night we watched uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, which is always one of the uh, the goodies that uh, I enjoy. Classic I, I, every year. I love watching that. And one of the funniest parts that Parker laughed at would be still the part where the the dumpster closed on his hand and he looks at his hand looks at the camera looks at his hand looks at the camera and then he screams and the, <laughs> as well as the uh every time he goes <laughs> like, like that's good too and then uh the sunday night we watched uh hubie halloween which is a netflix adam sandler movie and and that's always good too it, it out of all the movies, okay, this, I mean, I'd say the movie is kind of kid-oriented, except for the fact that Adam Sandler's mom always wears, like, the dirtiest fucking shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, kayaking makes me wet and shit like that. Like, it's like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, and then Boner Donor. And it's like, oh, Boner Donor. And then it's like, what's a boner? And then she's like, well, I think it's like uh in the olden days when you make a mistake which is true because in the olden days that's what it was like oh. like you could get like a joke book called boners goofs and gaffs and it was literally like it was literally just jokes and it was about mistakes although nowadays it means something completely different and uh the reason why i say that it's still kind of a, a kind of a kids movie is because it's all about setting that positive message like it uh everybody that essentially dies is somebody that picked on Hubie, ah, yes, adam, yes, 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 yes. adam sandler's character and uh in in the end adam sandler's mom goes on this big speech saying like look my son hubie still saved your life from me even though you're still all being so mean to him. And then they all went off to say that they had, they suffered some sort of damage, whether it was psychological or whatever right. th throughout their life, which led to them bullying. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, like, this is a, a big takeaway that I hope many kids get to see, provided they actually watch the movie. Minus the the boner donor kayaking makes me wet shirts. <laughs> they won't get them anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's always been adult shit in kids cartoons yeah. and whatever throughout and like kids don't realize it until they're older and they're like oh my god some of the stuff that i used to watch like i, I love watching certain animaniacs episodes <laughs> from when we were younger because they they made jokes that were not appropriate for <laughs> yeah. children there's the one where wacko has to go potty i got to potty i need <laughs> to potty that one was fucking there was some dirty shit in that one it was hilarious <laughs> i love that so did you so uh, a new HBO special for uh, 
Velma came out, which is uh, the, uh, the Scooby-Doo franchise. Oh, so, I heard about this. And I heard it's supposed to be like dark and adult. Yeah, so it's dark and adult. So like there's gore and shit in it and whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, they've changed Velma to be a brown person because she's voiced by Mindy Kaling, which I'm okay with because it's Kelly from The Office. But the only thing that I don't like, because one of the most iconic pop culture characters from like the 70s until now is Shaggy. And, uh, and they've changed Shaggy. He's no longer like the white little Zoics, like a stoner kid. It's now Norville. Well, Norville was always Shaggy's name. But it was Norville, uh, Shaggy, whatever his last name was. And now they've just taken away the Shaggy element to go with Norville. And now it's a black person with dreads. And I was like, but but Shaggy. Shaggy is like... Sweet. So it looks like white people won't be able to find a job in acting very soon. <laughs> That's what it's looking like to me. Good thing Matthew McConaughey's still getting cast. Gives me some hope. <laughs> But it's it's that, Shaggy. That, Shaggy is like Shaggy is a white pothead. Yeah. Most potheads that talk like this, Scoob, <laughs> are fucking like fuck off. Just fuck. I I don't even care. The move change in Thelma doesn't matter. That really doesn't because that personality actually suits anybody of color. It doesn't change the fact that she was just like an oh janky. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like. Shaggy's a fucking pothead loser that it's like more interested in his next meal than his, you know, than anything. Yeah. Why? Why that guy, look, that guy looks like he should join the Crips. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, just fuck off with it. Fuck off with all of it. Yeah. They just, uh, they just keep Shoving replacing. It. They're, they're replacing <laughs> white people <laughs> in everything. And it's like, what's sorry, the that's, that, that, that's leftist agenda being shoved down my throat. <laughs> well, I choke on it. <laughs> Can you stop? You left us agenda. My mouth. That's, that's fucking Norville making me gag. <laughs> Please stop. I'd like to just not be full of white guilt. No. They put a bigger one in. You must be white and guilty. So, uh, so we've we've talked about Halloween specials before, but going on Halloween specials, what is your favorite Halloween special? I don't know, man. I have, I have like, remember how we were talking about certain shows? If you go watch all their Halloween episodes, it's like one giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the office Halloween specials are pretty classic for me in the way that I like rewatching them, which I've done a few of this year. And the other one is the fucking community Halloween specials. Oh man, they were God, so they good. Were good. Yeah. I, I think those are some of my favorites. Yeah. And like I said, how, uh, Treehouse of horror, yeah, is all, always horror, yeah. always have been those have been my ones. I've watched a few of them this year too. They're on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah we Disney were Plus those. has got those. Yeah. We, uh, so every time we uh, I, I sit down to eat with Parker, the youngest, we always watch something. And this weekend, when we sat down to eat, uh, we we watched the Treehouse of Horrors. We watched multiple so episodes. So good. Yeah. Some of them, like I said, I used to love the aliens, Kang and Kong, or whatever the yeah. hell the green aliens. They had the fact that it was always like. <laughs> Yeah. All this noise, like it was just wet in the ship all the time. <laughs> I didn't, I never understood it, but it just made me laugh. They're they're my favorite. Oh man, another what other? Uh, oh, what did I? You know what I started watching just because it was Halloween time. I watched the Welcome to Raccoon City. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So that was kind of my ha- a Halloween thing to watch. I liked it. That well, oh, that, that's the one that I've been, I was telling you to watch forever. That's that the newer, I guess, the reboot of the the Resident Evil movies. Yeah, yeah. But it's the newer live action one that I love. That was actually horror rather. It was like horror action rather than being action with a little bit of horror. It was more traditional to the game. Like the yeah. game is a horror game with action in it. Yeah, which is what the movies should be. Yeah, and the ones that are the best Resident Evil movies and shows do a pretty close to the game feel. Like, it's just, the game has such a vibe. You know yeah. what I mean? So anyways, I did enjoy watching that. It was cool, especially the opening scene with the little alien, or the little alien, the little zombie girl. Yeah. I liked all of it. So that was kind of cool. Um, I also watched uh, World War Z. Oh, yeah, classic, that's still one of my favorites. One of my favorites just because you got you got good old Brad, but you also have um, this soundtrack by Bellamy from Muse. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff from the uh, Unsustainable record, which was the second law. Sorry, was the name of the album? Second law, which is um, the theory that a system based on endless growth is unsustainable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a really good concept record. But anyways, it's just a cool idea that they took that and applied that concept to a zombie movie. I really like the music to that. And I think that scene where he's in the lab has got to be one of the scariest well-shot scenes in horror. Oh, yeah. That yeah. lab scene well, I mean, is fucking killer <laughs> see, scary. When when Ethan and I went to see that, we saw it at in like AVX, which is, I guess, is the enhanced audio at a Cineplex. And when, when, <laughs> when we were sitting there, there was uh, somebody beside me who was like... Uh, he ends up kicking a can of Pepsi that's on the floor, like a full can when he's trying to sneak around. And like the guy beside me is all like, he kicked the can. He kicked the can. <laughs> like he's freaked out. And that made me laugh so hard during such an intense part. But I was like, I was in it. Like I felt like I was like, oh my God. Like I was like nail biting. Like fucking yeah. don't, don't make a sound. Don't make a sound. Don't do it. It was pretty cool, man. That movie is uh, well shot. I heard they're making another one. Uh, no, not looking like it. No, uh, they, they like there was talks about it for a while, but they couldn't get uh, the funding behind it because uh, the funding fell through for the first one, and Brad Pitt used his money to finish the funding for it. Ooh, to finish it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It did it. It did well though. Yeah. Made him enough money back. He's probably okay. But yeah, they're yeah. not willing to play that game again. Yeah. The uh, so one thing I want to mention with uh, Steve Terriberry is I showed you a video where he took a horror movie soundtracks and put them in a major key right. to go yeah, from a minor yes, to a yes, major. Yes, yes, yes. I remember and, this video. And he also accompanied it with the, the visuals. X, the like, X-Files was my favorite. Yeah, so he accompanied it with the visuals too. So like when it came to Halloween, you saw like the Michael Myers standing in the window at first and like disappears and then and then he looks again and he's not there and then later on he, he shows up and then he kind of runs and it plays on the Halloween thing. But then when, it, when it's in a major key, he shows up outside the window, and the, the, there's like a blanket set down for like, a picnic. Let's have a, come hang out. Hey, <laughs> hey bud. Yeah. I, I poured you a glass. Yeah. Come sit down. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, it was I so I also well love done. the one where um, there was the, 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 the other one of those where it shows Mike himself, or not Mike himself, sorry, Steve, and he, in the first one, he's running away from 
whoever's in the theme, like they're going to kill him. And then in the set, and when they do the major key, he's skipping. And yeah, whoever's yeah. trying to kill him is just waltzing behind him, also skipping. <laughs> like they're just out for a waltz. Like, <laughs> and I fucking love it, man. That was, yeah, he's funny. Yeah. Check him out. The, uh, uh, the psycho shower scene there. Ah, the where, like first it was like the knife stabbing him in the face. And then the second one was just a hand with gummy worms. Yeah. Like, like here, would you like a <laughs> snack while you're showering? <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so, so good. The only thing so I do in the shower, while like, that I'll bring into the shower with me is I will bring a beer. I will drink. I call them shower beers. Yeah. And I have definitely come home from work and with, with beers been like, I need to have a drink, but I also need to shower and I am not compromising which comes first. <laughs> and I will get in the fucking shower and my toilet's beside the shower. And, you know, that's the sound of the beer landing on the top of the toilet. Yeah. And then I will just close the curtain just up to the beer so that while I'm showering, I could just grab that beer and down half the can while I'm, I need that buzz. I need it now because it's been a day, right? I've done. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's for wine. I don't drink wine in the shower. I tend to just do shower <laughs> beers. They have, they have it. To the wall. Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> they're just making it. They're like, you can drink anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Self-driving cars, drink on the way to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About to get stabbed in the shower and psycho. And you're like, wait, wait, I, yeah, I'm going to be hammered for this. Yeah. <laughs> no fucks to give. You can yeah. kill me, but let me die. Let's, uh, make, let's make the blood going down to the drain a little more epic by thinning it out with some alcohol. Let's do it. It'll make. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I do like Steve Terrebear. He's pretty cool. I'm glad you showed me some of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, one other thing I want to talk about before we end is uh, the stuff based on true stories. So uh, The Conjuring is going off Ed and Lorraine Warren's uh, case files. So that's... Uh, and then The Exorcist was actually based on uh, the exorcism of a little boy. And then Exorcism of Emily Rose was based on the uh, exorcism of Annalise Michelle who's uh, a, a German lady. And uh, what I loved about the exorcism of Emily Rose's story was it was science versus the church to the point where, like, medication wasn't working, so they brought in uh, the exorcism, and then you had doctors saying, well, if they had more time for the medicine to work, it would have worked, but it wasn't working. It, like, she had been on it. it was, yeah. and then And then so they ended up uh, arresting a priest, uh based around this and so the the movie was done brilliantly and uh i think last last episode when i was talking about uh the uh the movie sets being haunted the one thing i didn't mention uh i don't think i mentioned it which i'll find out either tonight or tomorrow when i edit it to post it was uh on the set of exorcism of emily rose many of the cast members recall w waking up at uh, like three o'clock yeah you said morning. you yeah. talked about this yeah, yeah okay. this exact time yeah and then uh yeah wait 15 well the no that was uh amityville oh. they all woke up at three fifteen, which is when uh, the killer killed everybody in uh, mm. the Amityville house. But again, three o'clock in the morning, everybody woke up and Laura Linney recalls seeing like a shadow figure. Yes. Yeah. yeah you talk. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like the, the freaky deaky shit that happens behind, like it, 
almost makes me just want to create a horror movie just so, just so I can have these experiences. Like, I want it. You're fucked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I get the cut eye from Tamara. No, but I want it. <laughs> we were talking about your house being haunted last week, too. Yeah. And I was, and you're just like, yeah, you're embracing I'm like, you're asking for it, Mark. He's yeah. down here with a Ouija board. There's, this whole area over here just screams, <laughs> fuck with me. Yeah. There's, a, there's a show coming out. Uh, I think it's coming to Netflix, and it's about surviving 28 days in a haunted house. And so there's uh, so like it's it's a cast of paranormal researchers that go there, and I guess each each night is, is allegedly gets worse and all that shit. So, but it's all filmed and all that. And that sounds funny. I'm like, I would I would love to. I would fuck this. with that all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like the Blair Witch Project for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one will survive? Maybe none of them. <laughs> I guess we'll and, you, and you know you're on camera, so you're like, oh my God. I mean, uh, I'm you're not like, afraid. What's <laughs> up? Yeah. No. Yeah. The ball's on me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Woo. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Shot pod next week. We're going to be cutting our Halloween episode. How fucking crazy is it that we've ripped through this month the way we have? Yeah. That's, I mean, I. I like it, but I don't. I mean, I like the fact that Halloween's coming, but that also means like Christmas is super duper close. And I go, yeah. <laughs> as much as I love Christmas, it means Christmas shopping has to start. <laughs> and yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't done any Christmas shopping. Also, the the new girl's birthday's in December, first week. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm just fucked. I got so much. My mom's the 21st. Yeah. She's December 8th. And then Christmas is the end of the month. Shelby! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got uh, my brother's is on the eighth, and uh, we we don't December eighth or November eighth. December eighth. Oh, they got the or same no, my, no ninth. Sorry, December ninth. Oh, That's okay. my brother. So the day after the eighth, I guess what you were saying stuck in my head as I was like, I was influencing you. <laughs> no, it's the ninth, and uh, and then uh, my oldest is on January third. So. Oh my God! Yeah. Worst. By the way, having a birthday in January. Number one, suicides are at their all-time high in January. Everybody loses their job in January. Everybody, everything sucks in January. If your birthday's in January, I feel horrible for you. I really, yeah. really, really, really do. Yeah. I would lie to people and tell them your birthday is in June. That's what I would do if I was you. Well, I mean, Just I mean, Ethan will it. always be the oldest. <laughs> In his fucking classes or whatever. But I, and I'll be honest, the kids that were born in January also started school before the rest of us. And were because they were born in January, they were that much younger than the rest of us. And they always had, they were always behind. I remember the kids that started early. You know what I mean? Like the kids that, if they had the January birthday, you got grouped into the year before class. So you could be like four years old and starting kindergarten because of your birthday being when it was. And I remember those kids because at, at five, six, seven years old, being five months older than another person doesn't mean much when you're an adult, but at, at five years old, if you're five months older than a kid, you're probably a lot smarter than him because you've got those five months of experience that he doesn't yeah. have. I remember the, my friends that had the January birthdays being like, you know, just struggling. They're always behind. So I was lucky. Being a, born in the middle of the year is the best time. It really is. Mid-year. Yeah. Anytime yeah. between April and September is a good birthday time. Yeah. I think anytime after that is just like you got gypped. <laughs> because your parents flat out are going to buy your Christmas gifts and your birthday gifts at the same time. <laughs> Whereas if your birthday is between April and September, they're going to buy them on separate occasions, which yeah. means you're going to get a two for that year. Yeah, I always got a May haul and a December haul. And that was it. And I got received zero things yeah. in the middle. So thank God, because my parents were that strict enough and poor enough that if I my birthday was like 
December 27th, they would have been like, yeah, bud, you're, once a year you get four things and that's it. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, uh, because my brother's birthday is in December, my mom would always make him uh, like homemade lasagna. And I love my mom's homemade oh! lasagna. So she would make that. So like in December, I had, we had the- chili here one time there last year. Yeah. And it was so fucking good. And I'm just picturing you taking a similar chili recipe and making lasagna. We should the, get uh, this going. So we we did uh, the the lasagna at the beginning of December. Then we had like that Christmas dinner at the end. And it was it was just divine. And then on top of that, my mom would make cherry cheesecake for my brother. But she knew that like I wanted some too. So she'd make like, as I got older, she'd just start making two trays. I'm like, here you go. I took a couple pieces, but the rest is yours. I'm like, yes! <laughs> I'm willing to finish this show on a scary thought. Uh, Ukraine bombed the bridge going into Crimea. Yep. And uh, and to to retaliate, Russia bombed the German embassy in Ukraine. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> How many dead? I, I don't I don't know that story. This is getting dude. If you don't <laughs> see the chess pieces move into World War Three, and if that's not scarier than any Halloween movie you've seen this month, I can't help you. And on that very fun and positive note, let's end episode 48. <laughs> oh, 48. D-Shot. But we're getting close to the big 5-0, motherfucker. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Check us out at www.theshotpod.com. Remember the zero in shot. Don't forget the zero in shot. We say it every week. But y'all yep. still do it. <laughs> YouTube. Like and subscribe us on YouTube. This half hour episode's up. We put a new one up every week. As well as Rumble. As well as Google. We're also available on uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify. Spotify, all those places. Next week is our Halloween finale. Good night. Good night. <laughs>